minus 30 seconds. T minus 20 seconds. You ready for do do more in the future? Trap yes. talk podcasts? Yes. Man. Only, only trap talk. Exclusive. Yes. Exclusive. Oh. So stop calling us. From <laughs> <laughs> the spot, get the club to pop. When I come up with the trap, gotta love it, love it, and not I'm hot from the hop to the club to spot. Get the club to pop. When I come up with the club to spot, get the club to pop. When I come up with the club to spot, get the club to pop. When I come up. Now tapped into the coolest reptile podcast in the world. I'm your boy MJ. What is good, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great week. If this is your first time tapping in, do your boy a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. I drop four podcasts on this channel every single week. Do not miss a beat. Then I drop a weekly vlog. Never work, never know what collection I'm gonna be visiting, never know what I'm gonna be dropping on this channel. But either way, this shit's popping at least five times a week. So this is why you should definitely subscribe to the channel. That's why you should hit that notification bell. That way you're on top of everything, man. Don't miss anything coming from this channel. I'm telling you right now. Um, and then more importantly, man, do me a favor. If you like what you hear, if you like what the guest is doing, if you're enjoying what's going on, smash that like button. Very important. Hit that like button. Greatly appreciated. But what is good? I hope everyone's week is going great so far. If it's not, if you're having the kind of week a lot like a lot of these weirdos on Facebook's having right now, well, I'm sorry. Your guys' week, it's about to get better if you're tapping in because we have somebody super heavy in the Emerald game, super heavy in the Contra game that I respect. I've been following this guy for the last few years since I've been in this. So uh, we're going to talk all about it, man. But uh, we'll shout out to the early, <laughs> early birds. I'm not going to lie. Early birds look a little light tonight. I hope the early birds step up right now because uh, they look a little light. And my man Christopher Rice is not light whatsoever. So I'll give you guys a minute to kind of get hyped up in the early birds. Um, in the meantime, you guys know what the deal is. Freshest and bestest rodents delivered to your doorstep. Coldbloodcafe.com. Day one pinks to the mammoth rats. What are day one pinks? Well, literally, 
a pink that is born on day one. That's how tiny that of a damn rodent that these guys have, okay? All the way to mammoth rats. Anything you need rodent-wise, they have size here at Cold Blooded Cafe. $30 flat rate shipping, professionally packed. Their, all their packaging is biodegradable. Did I say that right? I hope I did. Anyways, you can recycle it. You can fucking put it in compost. Don't even have to throw it away. It's awesome. Um, Cold Blooded Cafe, the shit, they're the best. Go check them out. And they have the best prices for sure. Uh, shout out to John and Alex over at Sim Container doing big things with the monitors. But more importantly, if you got eggs, put them inside of a Sim box. My room is stacked full of Sim Containers. And uh, last year, they were all used. Fuck, I had what? 15 Sim Containers being used at once. Still wasn't enough. So, John, you already know I need more. I need at least five more. Uh, you out there, if you out there need a Sim Container, go to simcontainer.com or hit up John on Facebook. Or hit them up on Instagram. Um, and guys, just go check out what they have going on. I'm telling you right now. They're always at all the shows vending. Having really cool stuff to show off. Something you don't want to miss. That's for sure. So go check them out. Shout out to John and Alex doing big things. Um, talk about big things. Woof, and big money being spent over at Focus Cube Habitats. All for a good cause, of course. But damn, man. I have so many things in the works right now. It's crazy. It's it's exciting. You know, I mean, listen. As much as I've been... Uh, enjoying this growth i've uh had in the last few years with these animals and you know whoever follows me knows i work some work with some cool shit i'm not trying to toot my own horn but my shit is sick as fuck i love the animals i work with man and uh but now i'm really focusing on what i should be putting them in you know i i have some amazing chondros that i've raised up and they're they're they've been in tubs and there's nothing wrong with tubs man i'm a huge believer in the tub game um you know for many reasons but at the end of the day I'm fortunate to take things to the next level, and I'm going to do that with Focus Cube Habitat. So that being said, I have 12 three by two by twos on the way over. Um, I mean, I mean they're being made, but then I have 12 of those being made plus another six, so 18 of those about to hit your boys' uh, podcast room. So the room that I'm in now that's full of condros and emeralds, dude. Focus Cube Habitat's decked out all over. I cannot wait. So. Thank you so much, uh, Stephen Ashley. They are they're also because of my switch of plans too. Because you know, you guys know I keep some of you, most of you guys know I keep laces, uh, monitors, and lace monitors and whatnot. And I had a lot of ambitions of keeping these monitors outside. And I just don't feel even if my you know San Diego weather perfect for it and I could get away with it, I'm good. I'd rather not keep my you know twenty thousand dollar animals outside just because of all the shady shit going on and just you know what I mean. I mean I don't let anyone hardly come over to my place anyways, but still. You know, we're, we're going to talk plenty about that tonight as well. Um, but yeah, they are building me a PVC indoor built, you know, PVC enclosure built for my, uh, for indoor, for my monitors. I can't wait. So just guys go over to Focus Cube Habitats, give them a follow on Instagram, go see what they have going on. Custom shit, the best PVC built. And then obviously stainless steel racks for anyone who keeps snakes in rack systems, stainless steel racks, Freedom Breeder made in the United States. This is the shit right here. You cannot beat Freedom Breeder. I also... Just dropped mad bills on some freedom breeding racks. Your boy's doing it. I'm telling you. I'm so excited for myself. I'm so happy. Uh, so I got freedom breeder racks that are coming too as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, dude, I'm only fucking with the best. Plain and simple. That's freedom breeder right there, 110%. If you guys have freedom breeder racks, you know exactly that they don't lose value. You know, they just, they're freedom breeder. It's like the shiznit. You know what I mean? It's like the Louis Vuitton of racks for sure. Especially because, yeah, they're not cheap, but you get what you pay for, right? Uh, Jesse, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have finally your fucking goddamn rack systems in the trap. It's going to be amazing. Bye-bye Home Depot racks. What a, what a day it's been. 
or what a what a time it's been uh what a time it's been knowing my man always evolving pythons super heavy in the ball python game super heavy in the youtube game period this guy is just a uh, heavy in my heart it's my boy right here uh really inspires me really uh keeps me going let's just say that but i'm not the only one this guy inspires you know the entire ball python community from what i can see and if you don't follow miguel you're just a hater uh, if you don't follow Miguel, you don't know him, well, here's your chance. Go give him a follow right now, Always Evolving Pythons. If you are interested in investment ball pythons and you're looking to get something to make your stuff stand out, that's Miguel Garcia. A lot of the shit that I work with came from his stock. You know, I I, I raise, you know, I, I don't have, you know, I'm not saying I have a crazy ball python collection, but the heat, you know, I have mid heat, I have mid ball python heat, but a lot of it stances from his uh quality you know a lot of my shit is built off of miguel stuff so guys go give him a follow right now always evolving pythons shout out to the whole eep team i love you guys um and dude whoo my boy right here alan amazing basins you know what's amazing is the guest that we have on uh has experience just you know recently has experience breeding emeralds northerns and uh I'm telling you right now man anybody who could breed those are just a fucking shoe in it just yeah and you just gotta be you just gotta have it you just i i feel like fucking the snake gods choose who breeds these things and who don't i'm sorry it's just the what it is what it is uh so that being said i'm excited to have somebody like alan sponsor my channel this guy believes in me and and, and that honestly motivates the shit out of me uh if you guys don't know who alan is please go give him a follow on instagram amazing basins he breeds basins um and he also works with a really sick ass collection of ball pythons that he's growing up this year he's pairing them up i don't want to say too much but my man i'm telling you right now okay this guy you know working with the ferrari of snakes and he works with ball pythons think about that maybe he wants to pay maybe he wants to have something pay for his ferraris does that make sense what do you think the ball pythons do ding shout out to my ball python keepers out there you guys know why you breed ball pythons the money <laughs> uh alan thank you so much for the support you mean everything bro shout out to your whole family all that big things to come with me and Alan this year. Just stand by for that. And guys, just be ready for this because guys' projects are going to blow you to the roof this year. Go give him a follow on Instagram, my man Alan. Amazing basins. Reptile Super Show. Shout out to Rami. Uh, amazing, amazing things going on at Reptile Super Show. He had a great, great uh, show at Pomona. I have a good feeling about Anaheim. That's going to be happening here in the next, uh, in, during summertime, I believe in July. So, guys, please go give him a follow on Instagram. If you're in Southern California, you've never been to a Reptile Super Show, you got to make that a priority because these shows are very fun. You get to meet a lot of keepers, YouTubers, all sorts of stuff. Everyone goes to a Reptile Super Show. Um, and then, man, what can I say? You know, <laughs> stuttering, but Jesus Christ. NARBC, um, Brian Potter, Bob Ashley. I mean, I'll tell you right now, any keeper who fucks in, the, you know, that fucks around with snakes know that the best shows are NARBC as far as meeting anyone who's been involved with this for a long time. And I got to say, Arlington is next week. Um, I hope you guys are ready because I have a, a awesome podcast going down next week. It's going to be remote. It's going to be in Texas. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spill any more beans. But guys, Arlington, NARBC, tapping with your boy MJ. I cannot wait. It's going to be an amazing time. I Texas never disappoints, okay? Friday, there's going to be a sick-ass pre-party going down at the Steagle residence. That's going to be amazing. Uh, buddy, I know there's snow going on in your backyard right now, but if you could just crank up that hot tub for your boy MJ one time, I'll bring the red wine. You feel me? I'll bring the – is it the Ducksworthy? Ducksworth? I forget. There's a bottle of wine that Bill Steagle put me on, uh, and it has a duck in the front. It's fucking it's delicious. I, I, I'll bring – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring, like, a lot, you know, a lot of it, so – uh, Bill, cannot wait to see you. All my Texans cannot wait to see you next week. Tap in with your boy MJ. It's going to be sick. Uh, and then, guys, tap into US Arc, please. I mean, there's shit hitting the fan right now. 
U.S. Ark is doing everything they can to keep, you know, for, for certain people, keep their animals. And when I say certain people, people who are getting fucking crushed by these laws that make no sense whatsoever, it could happen to any one of us. So just because it's not happening to you right now, shouldn't be looked over. It shouldn't be like, oh, well, I don't need to support that shit. No, you do need to support that shit, especially if you're new into this. It should be a priority is to support U.S. Ark. This is just this comes with reptile keeping. Um, and like I said, any guests I bring on, if you are against U.S. art, tell me why. I mean, I want to know why you don't support U.S. art. I want to I want to close any gaps I could possibly close because at the end of the day, U.S. art is only here to help us keep our animals. Fuck, I'll help them. Yeah, and they're legit. So if there's any problems with that, go read up. Go, dude, they put everything out there, every cent, every dollar, everything you donate, they track and they let you see it. So there's no shadiness. Any, any people who are like, uh, U.S. Ark, no, just knock it off, dude. The ones you're doing that are trying to say like, oh, it's okay to uncheck the box mark for a dollar donation. Fuck out of here, please. Are you kidding me? You're trying to track one dollar when it's like a dollar to U.S. Ark, especially you're already a U.S. Ark supporter. You're still unchecking the dollar for what? Tax purposes? A dollar? Don't get me started. I'll, I'll go in on right right now on these motherfuckers, bro. It's Facebook's Facebook this week. <laughs> you guys are back to your old shit. You know what I mean? We're gonna talk about it tonight. Oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck you up tonight, Facebook. For sure. Uh, if you guys have any questions, if you want to see what exactly I have going on with my projects for some reason, if you guys are like, fuck, this guy, is he just a podcaster? No, no, I'm not just a podcaster, okay? I have animals before I podcast. Let's just keep this fucking, keep this 100, keep this a bill. I do this podcast so I could keep learning and I could keep raising up my knowledge in this shit. Because at the end of the day, a lot of you people who've been doing this, been doing this for years, 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 and years. Boy, MJ's been doing this for four years. So anyways, guys, go see what I got going on on Instagram, MJ Exotics Cartel with an A, not an E. And then if you guys want to follow the Trap Talk with MJ podcast, podcast Instagram, that's how you can stay on top of every uh, thing that I publish on, you know, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Buzzsprouts, all the audio, all the podcast platforms, okay? So good way to stay on top of that is following uh, that Instagram page as well. Shout out to all my Twitch viewers. Twitch viewers going up. Appreciate you guys so much. And then uh, for whatever reason, guys, if you guys want to support this channel more than a subscription, more than a like, you know, you guys do send me donations. I'm greatly appreciated. Any donation you send me, um, first off, you can send it to PayPal, Exotics Cartel with an A, not an E. And I'll forward that to uh, US Arc. Any donation sent, any super chat sent, so if you like, you know, guys, if you don't know what a super chat is inside the live live chats, you could actually donate a dollar to a hundred dollars, whatever. It doesn't matter. But if you have an important question, if there's something that you need to ask the homie Christopher Rice and I'm not reading your question, if you drop a dollar or something, I'll read it. I, prom I promise you that I, for some reason, my eyesight like triggers in when I see that, you know, dollar sign pop up. Sorry. But anyways, if you do that, then I donate all that to you. It's art. I get your question out. It's a win-win situation. Okay. So all that. Guys, appreciate every single super chat. Let's get the super chats cracking for my man Christopher Rice because it's gonna be a great episode. Um, let's see, early birds. Who are the early birds up and going yet? Let's see who's here right now. All right, I want to. My boy, seventeen seventy six exotics. Oh, real quick, guys. I'm so sorry. Shout out to all my Patreon members, man. Patreon members are blowing up right now as far as uh, the growth. Uh, oops, oops. 
sorry about that. Hold on. Sorry, Mike. I got to take away your comment, Mike. But guys, real quick, um, if you're out there looking to be a part of a community, if you want to branch more, if you're just like, hey, yeah, I work with hog noses, but just doesn't cut it. Well, guys, if you join the Trap Talk Patreon page, go down and link below. If you join that Patreon page, you have access to so many breeders who work with so many different diverse of species, green tree pythons, ball pythons, emeralds. You know, I have fucking heavy hitters a part of my Patreon page, a part of the Discord. And once you join the Patreon page, you get access to the Discord. The Discord is cracking off 24-7. I'm telling you right now, any, even if you're experienced in this, you're going to gain something from it. We're all tapping in. So, like I said, go down to the link below. Come join the Trap Talk Patreon family. Come join my trappers. We're about 80 deep, more than 80 deep now. So, I'm cutting it off at 100. I'm telling you right now, you're going to want to tap in. And once you tap in after so long, you do get one of these sick-ass podcast shirts because trapping is a sport. Cheat! All right, guys. All right, so, let me go back. Big Mike right here. That's Trap Talk Patreon family member all day. What is good, Jacob? Trap Talk Patreon family member all day. He's on a write-up right now. I'm not too happy with him. Uh, Deviant Glass, what is good? Uh, thanks for tapping in. Eric's more factory. Thanks for tapping in. What is good? Pacific Rim Serpents. P, uh, PNW in the building. Dude, you know what I need? My brain's lagging. I need my alpha brain. I feel like my, my words are like my lagging right now. We've got the general in the building. What's up, general? Thanks for tapping in. Go give my man Martin Morphs a follow. Uh, dude's working with some sick shit. Adding some cool new enclosures to his, his collection. Longtime keeper, longtime friend. Go follow my man, uh, the general. Appreciate you, bro. Love you. Uh, Barbara J, what is good, bro? Thanks for tapping in. I appreciate you. Wise guy, thanks for tapping in. What is good? Thanks for uh, being here. I appreciate you. The homie Matt Evolution Exotics. This dude right here, man, he picked up some heat. My boy Matthew here. I posted one of my holdbacks, and he's like, I want it. I said, God damn. No joke. That's my boy. Go give him a follow. Evolution Exotics. He's one of the – check this out. I'm going to give – I hope you don't mind, Matt, but I'm going to tell the people, okay? I have uh, Socrates Production, um, which, you know, we all know White Diamond, right? So White Diamond's brother uh, pumped out some baby. Well, he didn't pump out, but the girl he knocked up pumped out some babies, and he got one of the nicest ones out of that clutch. Um, it's a yellow Neo, uh, but it has White Diamond blood. Anyways, I have one of the siblings to that as well, so we're on the same level with that shit. I'm telling you, go give, go give my man a follow right now. Matt Evolution Exotics, thanks for tapping in. Peter, what is good? Got Norway in the building. I love it when Europe's in the in the building. What is good? Texas Kid Reptiles, are you ready for Arlington next week? I hope you're tapping in next week. John Tay Lee, what is good? Sounds like a country senior name. That's pretty hard. J-Man, what is good? Thanks for tapping in. Patrick Rose, Trap Talk Patreon family member all day, every day. Wiz Constrictor, Reptiles, what is good? Trap Talk Patreon family member all day, every day. Matthew Summers. That's my boy right there. Go give him a follow. Hit him up on YouTube. This guy's all over the platforms right now. Uh, but thanks for tapping in. Appreciate you, Matthew Summers. Uh, Lily, what is good? Trap Talk Patreon member family all day, all day. Here we go. Oh, Triple G, what is good? Thanks for tapping in, bro. Trap Talk family all day. Damn, all you guys are here. Blazing Blue Tongues, what is good? Mason Jason, what is this? Oh, Mason Jason. Mason Johnson, what is good? Thanks for tapping in. Ultimate Massive, what is good? Jason Asplay, did I say that right? What is good? Oh, what's good, Danny? Dude, Danny Renee Rocha, uh, Portuguese pythons. They picked up some stupid heat from Miguel over. So everything I was talking about, why you should go follow Miguel, and, and you know, if you want to invest in something sick, okay, these, this is the example I'm talking about. Go give him a follow on Instagram. I don't want to say anything more, but go see what they picked up. Hell of a sick pickup, guys. That shit's going to do some crazy work for you. Um, and then let me end it with one more person. Let's see. Uh, Perel33, what is good? Thanks for tapping in, Trappers. All right. Whoo, damn. 19. Is it really been 19 minutes? No. Have I been talking that long? Holy shit. My bad, Chris. Okay, guys, here's the thing. Uh, this guy that I'm bringing on right now, 
you know, you got to understand not everyone is a green tree python and an emerald tree boa breeder. It's usually one or the other. But man, Chris is dialed in and there's always reasonings behind why someone's dialed in with something that not too many people dialed in, dialed in with. All I got to say is we're in for a great episode. My man's tapping in from the East Coast. He has a lot of knowledge, a lot of stuff to talk about. And here he is, Christopher Wright from Spirit. Spirit. Okay, tell me. I just learned your Instagram name. You got to help me. What is it? Uh, it's, just, it's Snake Spirit. Snake Spirit. Yeah. And I, I was, like I said, I wasn't really, um, <laughs> when I made that account, I basically, I, you know, I was just putting up an account to just share some photos. Right. And it actually grew beyond what I expected it to. So now I'm trying to think, like, am I going to keep that? I'm going to change it. I didn't have that ready. So. <laughs> Christopher, Christopher Rice, man, thank you for being here. It means a lot. Like, like I was just saying, I, I've been following you, like, you know, since because I had Facebook more than before. I mean, before Instagram, right? But mm -hmm. my 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 following, as far as like who I was looking at social media wise, was primarily Instagram first, which was ball pythons and a lot of the emerald tree boa, green tree python guys. I started following on Facebook, but it was only a handful, and you're one of them. And to have you on is fucking awesome we're gonna have a great night man so thank you for doing this i'm i'm glad man like i said i was i was kind of taken by a surprise when you invited me on and i don't normally do stuff like this so i'm like uh you know i, was, I, was oh, I love it about doing it but i was like you know i watch the show regularly i've learned so much from the different episodes and interviews and it's it's always fun so i figured i gotta gotta come on here and have a good time here all right, so check this out christopher um I'm, i keep calling you christopher i could call you chris right yeah, yeah chris is fine I mean, All right, so so Chris, I mean, I I've done this not too long, but long enough to know that certain species takes a little bit more as far as like brain, not really brain power, but like you have to be more more dialed in with certain stuff. Like you know, there you can't really get away with negligence with certain species. You know what I mean? And and you work with two of the two of the most not only sought after ones for me that I want to be good at, but two of the most sought after species that everyone's loving right now in this industry. So let's take this back a little bit you know i mean you, how far back do you even go with working with reptiles or snakes or and if you could kind of if we could kind of start from there uh i mean long time like my earliest one of my earliest memories was being a kid um like most of us have that are into it you know i had a, I have a memory of being somewhere three four maybe five years old and there was some big black snake in the yard i don't know if it was a racer i'm assuming it was and i just thought it was super cool but also scary and i and i like warned my whole family i think we were out doing like a barbecue or something i'm like snake snake and you know thought i thought that was amazing to to just see something like that and then it, you know you see him all in the yard all the time always catching stuff um but i didn't really get into him until i think i was about i was 11 or 12 years old and then um, I kept uh, technically kind of interesting first two snakes. So my first technically first snake was a little ring neck, just like a little ring neck that we caught somewhere. Um, and I tried keeping it in a 10 gallon aquarium. And for some reason, we tried feeding it flies. Oh, what? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. For some reason, I just remember we thought it would eat flies. And then it was like the next day, there's just dead flies on the on the bottom of the cage and so i had it for a few days or so and then realized i didn't know what i was doing and we let it go and um then it wasn't too long after that i met a couple of my um you know long term long lifelong friends that we all lived in this you know street or two away from each other actually most of us lived on the same street 
and uh, we all ended up getting into reptiles uh, around about the same time, but I wasn't the first one to get into it. So my friend, uh, good friend Mike, had a killer boa, a little small boa, and um, uh, I, I saw him outside with it one time. I obviously was fascinated and blown away by this thing, but I didn't know what it was. And for some reason, I got it in my head. I don't know if my other friend told me that it was a viper or I thought it was a viper. And I thought it was just super dope and it bit him. And I remember thinking like, what's going on? This kid just got envenomated by this snake. You know, what I, mean? I didn't know what was going on. I was, I was, but I was fascinated by it. And then we all became close friends shortly after that and um, got into, yeah, got into keeping all sorts of stuff. Dude, um, hold on. I don't mean to cut you off, Christopher, but this is. This is crazy, bro. You have you have okay. First off, my best friends in the building, and I don't know if you you know who I'm talking about. Uh, I don't, I can't see who's here right now. Socrates, bro. This is my this is my oh, life coach. Right? Hey, what's up, man? So sock does it. The, the guy's busy. He's nonstop, and I yeah. tell you this because I talk to him almost every day, and like I can't talk to him as much as I used to because he's nonstop. So the fact that he here, the fact that he's here is heavy. Appreciate it, man. But not only that, bro. Do you fuck with uh, Keith Flax? Do you know who yeah. Keith Flax is? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. What's up, Keith? What are you doing, man? Anyways, we're off to a good start. Uh, this is awesome. We have some heavy hitters in the building. I appreciate you guys for tapping in. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. But, so, but yeah, let's kind of talk about like, you know, once you started uh, working with, you know, the diversity of different reptiles, because, you know, at a young age, from what I remember us talking about, um, you got thrown into a position where you learned a lot quick and, you know, not all of it, you know, not all of it so good, but you got put into the ringer where it, you know, did some things to you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I try to fast forward a little bit through that. So, because there's just so much, so much stuff to go over from the past that I'll just skip over a little bit of that. But basically, um, some of y'all out there might know uh, in the ball python game, Barry Swope, um, one of my oldest friends. We've been friends forever. Technically, we had, we were talking about the other day trying to remember some of the stuff. I think we both had the same first snake, technically, like a corn snake that he had named Henry. And, um, Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it funny stories, but um, so he, him and I ended up getting a job at this, uh, it's like a, it was a little reptile wholesaler place. And so we, when we started working there, it was pretty small. Uh, there wasn't, I think it was mostly just getting stuff, um, reselling to pet stores, getting things from like strictly reptiles and places like that. And um, once we were working there, I started putting, able to put an effort to, to, care for the the animals as they were coming in and really try to do things better um, right. then it grew and so then we eventually over the years started getting real imports direct imports in from all over the world so i got to see i mean i i've forgotten how many things we actually i have to talk with you know with barry and my friend mike about it to just to remember some of the things that we saw came through but we had shipments from ghana indo uh guiana uh, Tanzania. I try to remember how to list of the stuff that we used to get in. Um, and so my role there, my primary role at that time, um, was taking care of everything, you know, unpacking, getting stuff set up, um, doing the grunt work of, of caring for the animals after they came in and then, um, packing orders and stuff too. But, you know, so I had so many things coming through my hands at that time. And this was like 90, it's like 90, I think either 98 or 99. The, and how, how old were you then? I, was, I think I was 17 at the t I was either 17 or 18 when I started, some, somewhere right around there. Oh, yeah. See, I knew it. Because, I mean, 
17 in 99 and i was let's see i was 14 so you're about three years older than me so um but the thing is you've been doing this for a long time <laughs> yeah i forget how long really but i got out of it for quite a while so it's it that's why it kind of seems like i'm newer at it um well because it's different now with the social media and shit like different. it's like yeah, you have so yeah. much you have so much exposed that wasn't exposed before you know yeah yeah it's completely different everything i mean a lot of stuff's way better now you know thankfully a lot of stuff has made huge improvements there's plenty i mean there's of course plenty of, of stuff that's not good but or still problematic but yeah the the even though it has been a long time it's still kind of impressive thinking back in the day how terrible so many things were kept at that point how bad uh, husbandry was for so many people my own husbandry of course god awful in plenty of cases back then um so there's been a lot of improvements but uh it's definitely weird getting back into it hardcore and, and um you know in this era for sure so what's crazy is like you know as much as you say like you know back then the way people kept shit was like just you know and, you know and, and to be honest you know it was a lot of it was lack of knowledge and humans are just piece of shit but a lot of it people just really didn't know better right but if you fast forward to nowadays and we could just use shows as an example like you i don't know if you i don't know if you recently gone to tinley or go to shows but uh um, I go to, yeah, i've gone to a couple of local shows and i went to the nrbe um i think the last two years definitely this past year and i'm gonna i'm showing a show I'm going to use this guy as an example just because he has probably the sickest one of the sickest setups that's not ball python related and it's like his own thing and that's Garrett Hartle. Do you know who Garrett Hartle is? Yeah. Reps House. Have you ever yeah. seen his have you ever seen his like reach out fucking cafe booth type shit that he has like no, it's like no. dude it's okay it's basically a next level thing that he's trying to implement at shows to let people know like you just don't need to fucking tablecloth and a table and put things in deli cups like mm -hmm. you, you could you could think outside the box you know he has tvs everywhere it's super loungy and everywhere you look there are different localities of super dwarfs and he has babies to adults everything is meant to sell you a super dwarf it's fucking amazing it's great but it makes you realize how far we are in this game right like how like mm -hmm. far people come until you do walk across that table that just has a tablecloth and has like a animal with dry skin that's like shriveled up and you you know there's people who've always kept that animals like that they just never chose to evolve and that's that's one thing i don't you know if it's anyone if it's anything anyone who's keeping an animal wrong right now is somebody who's probably been keeping animals wrong for a long time and they just decide not to change you know and they and they're just stubborn or they just don't give a fuck you know what i mean it's I think I think it tends to be sadly it's it's they don't give a shit. Um, yeah, for sure. Because you got in, 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 you know back in the day it was a little bit different because like you like you're saying some of it you know you the whole herpetoculture was going through such a, a learning curve um, of figuring out how to keep things and and breed and everything. I mean I remember when you know nobody was breeding ball pythons or could get them to eat or do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was so it was it was such a Hey, bro, that was, I was, people tried scaring me like, hey, man, the thing with ball pythons, they're really hard to, to you know, for them to eat, you know, and I'm like, oh, and, and, and honestly, I remember as a kid, I do remember having a ball python that wouldn't eat. He would shut down. But I also remember using a heat rock. I also remember not having right heat. Like, I, this thing was not kept right. I remember I burnt it, like, and I was only six. This is my dad's fault, not mine, by the way. Um, but I was like, what the fuck, you know, like, just wasn't right. But once it, 
just like an emerald, just like a green, a green tree, just like any snake. Once you acclimate it properly and you give it consistency temp-wise and you don't fuck with it, nothing drastic, dude, that thing's a walk in the park. Almost anything's a walk in the park to keep if you're keeping it right. Once you get them dialed in, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, you know, one of the hardest things that eat, and I still, I'm dealing with this because, you know, what I, coming back into it, I still had a ton to learn. And I have, I have, you know, tons to learn still, but I had to relearn some stuff and then, and then adjust um, accordingly to, you know, there's just the, the improvements, the, the, the improved knowledge, all this stuff. So um, I had the heat rock experience. My first ball python, her stomach got burnt badly by heat rock you yeah. know what i mean it was it was miserable and, and that stuff was unfortunately the norm at that point but it, it thankfully changed pretty fast and and thinking back on on how it was to you know it's really not been that long in the grand scheme of things it's a, it's an enormous improvement of care for so many species but getting them dialed in and and one of the hardest things to do is just getting to the point of especially for a new keeper leave the animal be don't mess with it so much. Don't stay. I mean, I, I you know, I, I get it when you have a new snake, especially something really dope like an emerald or, or a green tree. Yeah. You want to be like looking at it 24. You know what I mean? You want to be up in its face. You want to be holding it. You want to be able to do all this stuff, but you got to get it dialed in first. Right. You get the animal, you know, settled in, comfortable and eating and thriving and all that stuff. And then it gets so much easier from that point. And just okay. but getting yourself, you know, that's you got to get over it in your own head. And you know what, you know, to kind of revert back to what we were just talking about, about some people just having poor keeper, uh, you know, keeper, uh, what's my fuck? What am I trying to say? Keeper habits, I guess. Yeah. Like yeah. just really bad, really, really bad husbandry habits. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but as much as somebody could be a bad keeper, sell really bad looking animals, just be a dirty person. Guess what? They could still sell snakes. Somebody will still buy animals from them. And that's. Like what, one thing I don't understand is why people don't come together as a whole and be like, listen, this person clearly is not a fucking good keeper or he's just an overall piece of shit. We need to not buy from him or like something stand together. But guess what? That would never happen because guess what? They're, they're, he's going to have that person's going to have something to no matter what the condition is, no matter what's happening on someone's going to want to want someone's going to want to get that snake. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting topic, and it's it's one that you know it's 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 tricky, right? Because I'm sure everybody knows at least one person like that, where it's just like, you oh, know, you, this you, know, you probably know if you've been in it long enough. And, you've, and and I mean, in my experience, I've worked for people like that, so I know it. Like, you know, it's it's it, it's it can be extremely frustrating and everything. But the reality is, is that sometimes, yeah, animals that's you know specific species um, or just rare things are going to come in limited quantities and, and that's you know you end up going through somebody like that i just wish some of these guys would do it th that are doing it now that aren't doing it right there's examples of people that are doing it ethically doing it you know that's that's works out well for the animals and it really shouldn't be that hard if you look at somebody like dan from dm exotics shout out to dan that guy's yeah. awesome when i saw when i first started seeing him dan. You know, when I first started seeing his videos and then especially seeing the way that he's he acclimates things and everything, it's like, that's what I wished I could have done back in the day if the the, the place I worked for would have allowed that level of care and, and, and you know, cared enough and allowed um, to have the proper budget to do that right. 
and it's but it's again it's not really that hard it's just putting in the time putting in the work caring about the animals and uh making sure that they thrive before you just try to toss them off if it's one person i i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't say give up smoking but he doesn't know this but i would give up smoking for a whole episode for my man dan uh he you know he's an ex-cop he just doesn't he's not a fan of it you know what i mean and, and dan i respect you don't trip bro it's dan's me and dan dan has taken care of me when i first got into importing and i could stand by this with 110 percent. dan is the best importer i've ever done any kind of business with bro and he, yeah. he like once 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 dan started dialing down and was like yo listen i'm on my way checking out i was like yo i was like there's no even point of even buying any kind of importer and if it's not gonna be from dan just because you're gonna roll the dice you're gonna go through some shit. something's gonna die anything that came close to not like eating or doing good dan wanted it back like i think i had one scrub that never ate and i always kept in touch with them and let him knew and he was like you know kind of telling me if we get to this point send it back and i'll take care of it and the dude stood by his word anyone else i would have got ghosted or some shit. you know what i mean um but you know dude there's just not there's not any importers like Dan, bro, anymore, unfortunately. Sure it sucks. I know he's having a good time in Thailand with his wife and living like a king, like a fucking goddamn boss. But, <laughs> man, it would be great yeah, to still have cool. – I mean, Pomona, you know, you understand, like, you know, the, it was fun to see a lot of people at the reptile show, but it was really depressing not seeing a Dan Mori uh, table there, just not see the DM Exotics table full of chondros. And, and you know, because that's one guy who brought – good beautiful looking imported condros to his table was dan that shit was yep. sick as fuck oh yeah i mean yeah he he's he's like i said just I, I think he's probably the 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 top standard of that right now i don't know that anybody's doing it better now i don't know everybody yeah. you know i, I don't I, I know that there's I've, I've heard a lot of good things with ryan burke i've heard obviously harlan wall there's guys i've heard a lot of good things about i just don't well, harlan's wall sick i didn't know harlan wall was an importer i didn't know that I, you know, I could be wrong about that. I think he used to. I think he used Probably to. Back in the day, back in the yeah, day stuff. I, I might be wrong about that. I don't know. I just know that I think back in the day, he, he, I believe he did, and I would, I, I've heard, you know, almost unanimous, essentially, good things about him with that, and and I've heard a lot of good things about Ryan Burke's Condros. So yeah, there's 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 a few people doing it right. Um, they're just still few and far between. But thankfully, overall. The, the big thing for me thinking back in the day compared to now is that the the overall level of care is just so much better across the board, even if it doesn't seem like it sometimes, because there's still stuff that needs needs improved. Like if you think about pet codes and stuff like this, like as whack as some pet codes can be when you go in them, it's better than than what it used to be. It's still significantly better than it used to be in my opinion it's, because it's funny you say that because they have slowly evolved like it's still peco don't get me wrong but like yeah, if, you do, if you do pay attention they do like have something better than you know than just having them there on a piece on some sand or some shit you know what i mean yeah when i think back to the the early pet stores that we used to go to the exception of one that was a reptile specialty store um you know it was a, it was abysmal honestly it was it was kind of unbelievable um how bad the the situation was back then and so that you really at least in my experience you don't see that as often you really rarely ever see that anymore i think it's the the, the improvement is there and that's thanks to all the, the people that pioneered care pioneered husbandry showed people how to do stuff right and um you know leveled things up but let me ask you this um and you know it's before we kind of dip into the you know 
journey of what you're into right now as far as what you're producing and all that i do want to say as much as there's so much information being put out there and the right information like you know shout out to the like couple groups i'm still a part of on facebook because it's hard to be a part of any facebook group as you know it's fucking difficult man there there's some fucking hard-headed motherfuckers in these facebook groups and you gotta understand you know i i do I do respect the ones who are more vocal in the Facebook group who are really working with these more than anyone else. Like the ones who are literally like, you know, you know, Ryan Woolison, um, you know, Ed Marino, yourself. Like when you guys build, you know, or not Bill, I don't think Bill, Bill doesn't work with Emeralds, never mind. But anyways, with Condros, when Bill chimes in and all that, like this is coming from actual experience. And you got to admit, bro, still at least three out of 10 people who post and get all this great information we'll look past through that information and they'll say well i'm gonna do this because i feel like this is what i feel like is right you know like this guy right here and no offense to this guy because god bless him he just doesn't know better and i've posted something on this emerald facebook page years ago where if somebody said you know i remember i, I named something uh half patternless and there's no such thing as half patternless right mm -hmm. but i didn't i didn't know that but bro you should have saw the way they fucking rang me in the comments and i was like they're like, they're like, quit making shit up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, fuck. And I, but like, really, I didn't know. Like, I just like, that's what somebody told me that sold it, you know? And I was just like, holy shit. So at first I understand like how it could be them getting on you. But honestly, these are people who are legitimately passionate and sick and tired of seeing hard-headed idiots come in here, post shit. What do you guys think? Okay, I'm keeping it anyways. What do you think of this enclosure? Okay, I'll keep the heat lamps anyways. And then you never see them again, and they fucking another one down in the wind, you know? So then you have these fucking assholes who are like, well, quit, quit, quit picking on these guys. You guys are just, how about you shut the fuck up? And we're just tired of seeing emeralds die. If an emerald is fucking like a skeleton and it has no width or no body weight, how do you think that person's gonna feel when that emerald dies on them? You think yeah. he's going to want to throw down another $600, you fucking idiot? So, yeah, that's why we go in on these people, because they need the rude awakening. It's not easy, bro. Nobody said keeping emeralds is easy. You know what I mean? It's kind of like hanging out with a group of guys who are tough as shit, and they fucking pick on you a little bit. Don't fucking don't, – don't come around then. You know, don't fucking kick it then if that's what it is. And I'm not trying to say you're going to always get bullied in these Facebook groups, but guess what? Somehow there is bullying going on in a Facebook group. I don't give a fuck. Who's it's doing it? It's still somebody. Like the guy calling me a fucking loser. Oh, well, I mean, should I go on this rant about how you hurt my feelings? You call me a fucking loser. No, I don't give a fuck what you call me. But still, like, you're not helping it. Like, it's just kind of like, it's, dude, it's one big pot of shit in Facebook. It's like this. And, like, even when anything, like, you know, Ed Marino posts, oh, glorious. Christopher Rice production, glorious. Socrates, glorious. And then some dickhead has to ruin it with some shit like that. And then it just, and then next thing you know, it's a negative fucking post, you know? But, dude, that's, it comes. It's coming with the territory no matter what happens in Facebook. That's why Facebook, man, it's, you're better. It's way less is more with Facebook. Because if you do more, you're going to be caught into that shit, fucking elephant graveyard shit that nobody's growing out of. Facebook's fucking just, uh, it's a dead end, bro. I'm sorry. I'm it's, just... yeah, it's, it's, it's such a double-edged sword right now because it's as a platform it's just it's it sucks in a lot of ways it really sucks in so many ways it brings out the worst out of so many people um it does the only thing that's kind of salvageable and, it, and it's it's a problem i think going forward in the future is that because when 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 things shifted from forums over yeah. to facebook 
it's like all you know so much used to take place on on forums and that information kind of still is there but facebook basically owns everything that's on any of these groups and they can kill it at any any point that they feel like so there's there's plenty of good information to be had there if you're willing to listen to it like you were getting into if you're willing to listen to it if you're willing to to you know take take it seriously instead of just be bold and be ignorant basically which is what you see a lot of and I try not to get caught up into it. Um, it's not that I don't get tempted. Believe me, there's times where I feel like, you know, uh, you know, saying some, some, you know, that every. I think all of us have that in us to to want to talk a little bit of shit sometimes. And and there's I get tempted plenty of times, but generally I keep it to myself. I I don't think I've I may have gotten into a few things. I've got, I, I, but I try to keep it minimal. Because listen, you have to. Here's the thing. Yeah. With, here's the Facebook. Here's and this is me, bro. I'm and anyone who knows me, shout to sock like sock. So this guy, you know, he, God bless him. Like you know, he he deals with a lot with me. But I mean, I if I don't like seeing things just being brushed through, if if it's something that should be spoken on, you know what I mean? And you know, for instance, I'm gonna bring this this most recent post up where this guy who's like, hey, look at this beautiful emerald, and you legit have people saying don't do it. It looks too skinny. Like, you know, and this is just coming from experience and he's like going, well, nah, it doesn't look skinny to me. Like literally it's, and I, I think it's it after a while it becomes entertaining. If you want to go see so, and it's not really good entertainment. It's kind of fucked up entertainment. I, yeah. Like I, I've come a long ways, man. I used to be really toxic. So this is why Facebook isn't really like, I mean, look what happens when I do go on Facebook. I end up fucking tearing people apart. And I try not to, but they're idiots. But they're, and I don't, I don't let idiots slide. I don't. So what I'm trying to say is it's difficult. It's difficult, you know, especially it's when, especially too. when, like, bro, I have, you know, Fort. Rest in peace, Forrest Fanning, and my boy, man. But Forrest Fanning, did you know who Forrest was? Yeah, I never met him, but I, you know, of course, I knew of him and saw videos with him, and 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 saw some of the. I think I saw a couple of the early podcasts that you guys were doing. Forrest, Forrest is every reason behind the way I am on the. So is Miguel Garcia, but Forrest. Okay, the only reason why any podcast even started was because I, you know, Forrest and I wanted to do it together. But he was like, I'm only doing this because I you have the balls to say that I don't want to say. Like you're you're gonna say shit and and that's fine because I used to be that person, but I'm not that person no more. Because Forrest says, after so long, you just don't give a shit. And he's and you know, me when I met Forrest, I was like two years into this. So I was like, you know, it, dude, I still sound like I'm two years into this. I'm super fresh, as you can hear, like, you know, but I'm just very passionate. But, anyways. Forrest was like, bro, a lot of shit that you are caring about, I used to care about 10 years ago, and it hasn't changed. That's why I just don't give a fuck. But at the end of the day, he used to tell me, speak your shit. Like, somebody does need to say it. But because Forrest had a multi-million dollar business, Coblin Cafe, he had the most rarest private collection in the, in the country. You know, he's careful. with. He has to be careful with what he says. You know what I mean? I'm some fucking ex-drug dealer who's changing his life just by keeping – I'm content. I don't need a multi-million dollar road in business. I'm loving life right now. So guess what? I'm going to speak the fucking truth. Yeah. But, Chris, I'm only trying to speak facts. And the thing is, a lot of experienced keepers, zip. They're just rather – that is so true, but I'm just going to – Yeah, because it's – part of it, honestly, is just how much time it can suck too because yeah. it, it's it's – it can, you can go down a rabbit hole with this. You can. I, like I get tempted. I, I get tempted plenty of times to dig in. And I will. What I've been trying to do is try to be constructive when I say stuff to people that, that even though I may want to be not so constructive, you know, right. real, realistically, there's part of me that wants to go off. 
but I'm just trying not to. <laughs> I'm trying not it to. It feels do so good. I'm it, sorry, it, bro. It can. I know. I believe me. Bro, I know. It hurts. Like okay, I, 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 um, okay. One of the reasons why I love sock is because sock helped. Like I had really bad heartburn. Like my diet was fucked. Like I mean, our diet it still isn't that great, but sock really like helped me get my get my like my my fucking gut check better. Like I, I, you know, I could actually breathe better. What was I going with this? Hold on. Uh, Fuck. What were we talking about? Just God, I, no, I, had... why, I, mean, I was saying I was trying to be like more constructive with it, and and but the temptation to the pemp, the temptation to, oh, to dig I, in is there for sure. I had a fucking good point that I was gonna make right now, and, I, and my 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 mind just fucking brain farted. But anyways, listen. At the end of the day, uh, humans are idiots. Let's get back to what we were talking about um, with the, I want to start. Okay. Cause right now, Chris, if it's one of the things I'm most excited to have you on about is the fact that you are successfully breeding green tree pythons and emeralds. Okay. So you took a long break from keeping reptiles. So let's speed up to the year where you started collecting chondros or emeralds. What year was this? And what was first? Was it emeralds or was it chondros? Uh, it was chondros and it was 2017. So, um, 2017. Wow, yeah. that's why when I came in, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hadn't, I hadn't kept anything in, um, I don't know, ten years or more. Um, I was always around. I mean, it was always around because, like I said, all my good friends, you know, have have always had snakes. Basically, um, my friends got, you know, Barry. Like I said, Barry Swope is one of my oldest, longest friends. If you breed ball pythons, you might know his name. He's been around for a long time, doing amazing stuff and with ball pythons. So he's right. never, you know, he never got out of them, maybe very brief little bits of time, but he, he's always kept with it. And so I'd still, you know, go to his place to see, see the collection. It's like, damn, did you really like, you, know, you stuck with it. It's, it's crazy the level he took things to. And, um, but when I got back into it, um, my, you know, two of my good friends, um, brothers, uh, his, you know, the, my, uh, friend, Chris, passed away in 2017. Sorry, yeah, he was, he was, you know, we were, we were pretty similar about our, our kind of way we were with snakes. Like we were both a little, probably a little crazy as far as handling stuff that, you know, <laughs> just grabbing something out, you know, I mean, he was, he was amazing. He, he, he really loved animals and he, he kept a, a lot of cool stuff back in the day and he still had some, some um, stuff at the time. And he had a, a young green tree python that um, actually was produced by um, Kittinger Reptiles, Jason Kittinger. Shout out to him. Um, respect. Another dude. Yeah, good, great dude. He's been around forever. Um, known him for a long time now. I'm not. I don't know him super, super well, but always been, you know, amazing. I know he's good friends with uh, with uh, Swope. So he had this young chondro uh, when he passed. I think he was two years old. And um, you know, his brother Mike offered offered the snake to me. And I, I hesitated briefly in my mind just a little bit because I'm just like, I don't know if I really want to do it. But I mean, it was a very, it was very short lived. And I just didn't know if my girlfriend was going to want to tolerate them because she knew the stories from back in the day of how many I had back in the day and stuff. And so I, I didn't know if she was going to be like, you know, I don't want you having a million snakes again. But I thought, all right, I'll, I definitely want to, you know, I got it. I got to take this snake. I always loved green tree pythons. You know, since I was a little kid, we all loved them. They were amazing. So I was like, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll take him. And um, that, it was funny how my rationale, or I was try, I basically bullshitted myself. I thought like, all right, I'm just going to keep this one snake. I really appreciate this one. And, and, and I, you know, 
it's going to be so cool. Just I don't need I don't need to have more than one. I don't think I had that snake for probably more than an hour before I'm and my the gears are turning. I'm like, oh, I need to get a female. And well, what you know, what about this? <laughs> what about that? So, uh, but I did keep just just that snake for for about a year, I think. And then I picked up a young um, was was actually a wild caught biak um, that I just couldn't resist. It was, had a lot of yellow and was really nice. And um, where where'd you get that uh, wild caught from? The Daytona show. Daytona show. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, it was it was you know kind of a classic mistake. Shouldn't have bought it type of situation. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, I couldn't hey, resist. Hey, but this is why, like, I I don't like as much as I say like oh like imports be careful, dude. I'm such a like I I can't be a hypocrite because I if I'm at a show and you know I dude I've worked with enough imports to spot a healthy one. I mean, yeah, you can't spot Nido, but. You know, mm. if you want to roll that dice, if you see something with a good tongue flicker and it has good body weight and you have quarantine space and you want to, I mean, you just understand you're going to roll the fucking dice. It's 50 50. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Yeah. But, that, but let okay. me ask you, hold, hold on. I'm sorry, Chris. I, I, I got to ask you from your experience since you're, since we're talking about this right now, mm. for anybody out there who's on the fence about, Binochondro or has the money for Binochondro and he's either on a two year waiting list but go to shows. Do you to this day think they should not even like should they shut off looking at chondros at shows or do you still feel like you should even give snakes at a show a chance? I would say it depends on the level of experience you've got and who it's coming first from. snake, first snake, your first snake, first snake now. Okay, no, I wouldn't say that unless it's from, I mean, if it was like Dan, maybe, yeah, I mean, if it was yep. Dan. Right. Unless it's somebody like Dan, I don't. I can't think of anybody Point. else that would be at a show that I've ever seen that I would recommend that. And and that's and that's because Dan's gonna you know make sure that that animal's solid before it were to go home, and then I'm sure he would provide support with it. But generally speaking, now and and emeralds even less so. And and this you know and I don't want to be. Uh, it's tricky because I don't want to be hypocritical. Like I I don't want to pretend like you know, imports are the worst because I've got them and, and, and I'm in the process of, you know, establishing and, 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 and getting that going with emeralds to try to make more captive bread because there just aren't any. Um, and this is, so you, this, this is a necessary step to, to get there. You know, there has to be that work done to, to establish, um, some, some bloodlines, some more bloodlines to get this stuff going before you can be at a point where it's anywhere close to where it should be as far as the captives. But, the reality is for your first snake, you go to a show and you pick up what is more than likely going to be an unhealthy chondro or an unhealthy emerald. You're going to have a pretty awful experience with it. You know, it's, you're going to be, especially the, I, I would say the emeralds more so because the, the, you know, the chances of something going wrong uh, or just already being wrong and you're, you're really, dealing with an animal that has almost has essentially zero ch chance to survive right out of the gate is very high. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, if you've been working with them for a long time, like I said, I do it. I, I, that's, that's what I'm, I'm working with is a lot of imports, but again, and I'm not trying to, to sound arrogant about it or anything like this, but I do have, a pretty unique amount of experience. I've seen a lot of, of wild caught animals come through back in the day, years of seeing that stuff. Um, 
and I've got a pretty good eye of seeing when something is just like an absolute, you know, this one is not going to make it. So I just don't <laughs> even, tr I don't even play the game if it looks like that. I, I'm super, super, super selective, but you're still gambling with that. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, as much as I'm like, fuck, imports, dude, I'm, if it wasn't for the imports, I wouldn't have the eye that I have with these snakes right now and, and know how to spot that something's not acting right or something's like, you know, I know what a perfectly healthy chondro looks like perched and I know what a not so healthy chondro looks like perched. I know what a healthy emerald looks like perched and I know what a not so healthy, like they, there's signs you look at, you know what I mean? And there, there's just things that you start to read that, you know, not too many things are able to show you like an import, like, you know, like, like I said, I'm, I have a freezer full of things, uh, full of blessings. I call them blessings because those are losses I'll never forget taking, you know what I mean? And, and I'll remember that shit. And even with those things dying, I still got more imports. It's like, I want, it's like, I, it's like, I was almost like after getting something to thrive. Like I was like, dude, I'm tired of things dying. There's no way everything's going to keep dying. And sure enough, I, I did start keeping and establishing things, but then even when you're on a good roll, and you keep buying imports, guess what? Something's gonna die. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta be real careful. And it's it's um the whole thing with imports is it's like I said, it's a really it's a tricky subject, and I think people tend to wanna be real hardcore for it or against it. You're right. You and, know, and, and, I, and I'm and I'm like, right there in the middle. I'm like yeah, I'm like, it's your choice. I'm like, it's what you want to do. It's, it's, it could be good or bad depending on what your situation is. You know what I mean? I think it depends on the species too. Like and it, the species. It's, it, there's just a lot of factors at play. Like there's, there's a lot, and the, the status of the species, like, you know, it, it, so to just take things back a little bit, you know, for me, like the ball Python game, what's happening now, like it's all still kind of new. I don't even, I can't keep up with all the morphs and all this shit. I remember with Tell some, about of, it. Stuff, some of that stuff, you know, Barry and I were talking about it because we had, you know, at one point we would get, we were getting in shipments, you know, I don't remember the, the largest ball python baby shipment we got in, um, but this was even direct from Ghana, I don't know, 500 of them at a time, something like this, 600 at a time. And you could see some, uh, no doubt we had things pass through that, you know, probably kind of bitter about the fact that we just didn't know what it was. You didn't realize that something like yellow bellies meant anything and, and some of these kind of like more to me anyway, since I'm not familiar with them, some of this more subtle morph stuff. Um, but to get on the topic of husbandry and caring for them, it's like that used to be a situation where, you know, these super, super fresh imported babies was all the, all there was. No, nobody was captive breeding these things at that point. And so it was either that or, you know, big uh, imported adults that, you know, used to come in uh covered in ticks and i was the guy pulling the Your ticks mom. off god you know what i mean sitting there with tweezers trying to carefully pull these things off and now it's it's so much better so that you you know with a species like that unless it's something really really special there's no sense in getting any kind of imported uh snake there and we ideally try to work towards that again it's just my opinion we try to work towards that for everything, but we're not there with everything yet. And, and I think that there needs to be careful, careful, really careful. Uh, you know, I guess I'm, I'm hesitant even to, to promote that kind of stuff at all, but just very careful work with imports by experienced keepers 
to work towards the goal of it, it not being necessary so much anymore um, to to have some of those animals coming in. Well, and, uh, it's just my current status on it. It may evolve over time. Um, but I just don't want to, you know, I, I, one thing I have seen that used to go on back in the day and it still goes on now that I just personally, it, it, it irks me a little bit to see is like, I don't like, I don't want to be kind of hypocritical and, and try to do the thing where it's like, I, you know, I've seen people where they have a giant collection of imports and they, you know, establish a big collection of imports and they breed the stuff and they got all this stuff going and then kind of almost pretend like that's not what they did. You know what I mean? Or like, or, or like kind of get a, a little bit of on a soapbox about that. Um, so I don't want to really do that, but I have nothing but respect for somebody like Ed who did the opposite thing where he's like, you know, Ed's, Ed's the real, <laughs> I mean, it goes without saying Ed's the real deal. That's the, Ed is the real deal. You know, that's a holy field. I can yeah. tell you that right there. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's funny. And like, you know, you see idiots fucking go over Ed's advice. You know, you know, even when Ed chooses to put his energy into a comment, you'll still have people challenge Ed on shit. And it's like, and that's why it's like at the end of the day, you just don't even put your, you know, and I should be, I should be listening to myself, but don't even put energy into that shit because you just have people that just don't want to listen. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it takes time to get, you know, like I said, I, I the temptation's there for me. I see stuff, see posts all the time, and I want to dig in. I rarely do because I just don't. I know, I know it's gonna fall on deaf ears for the most part. You can kind of get a sense from the tone, an early, at least to me, like you can see early on in threads like that where it's like the the ignorance level's too high. You're not gonna be able to break through that. You're not, you know, there's nothing no way you're breaking through that ignorance level with that person. So they're going to have to unfortunately learn the really shitty way they're, you know, they're going to lose that animal and, and then they're going to maybe after that look back and go, Oh yeah, maybe those guys, maybe a guy like Ed Marino, who's been doing it for you know longer than I've been alive. Uh, maybe he might know what he's talking about and I should have listened or something, you know? And you know what's crazy? There are people out there who have put their, you know, I'm actually one of them, to be honest. In the beginning, when I first came into this, I definitely saw some people who were like out, like speaking out. And then you're like, who the fuck is this? And then you, as, as you, you know, want to know, want to know who one of these people are? Oh, I love bringing this up. Okay. And because this guy's like, we're homies now, man. But guess who's somebody who I just couldn't fucking stand? And mainly because of his fucking yoga poses. But Patrick well, Holmes. That's Patrick be, Holmes. It's gonna be Patrick. And this is be. And keep in mind, bro. This is before I. This is be right before I knew he was a fucking an ex felon prison inmate badass. Fucking did time with the roughest motherfuckers. You know, I just thought like, who the fuck is this fucking guy posing with his yoga? Like, you know, and he did have nice condos, but all I could see is his yoga pics. That's all I was focused on, and I just had no respect for him. Just because of his yoga pics. And this is like when I was well, I was really worse at this point in my life. But anyways, and then as you dig, you know, and then Forrest, think Forrest is the one that really kind of put me on track on like who was who. And he was like, this is Patrick. And I was like, oh, damn, that guy's pretty sick. <laughs> and then like, and, and, then I, and, and then I talked to Patrick and he's like the most informative, awesome fucking guy. Like, dude, it's uh, Pat, Patrick's one of the best friends like i have in the chondro game that like he's always a phone call away he's busy too like the guy's non-stop but patrick is a well 
of knowledge, dude. Like just huge, huge, huge wealth of knowledge. Like it's I respect to Patrick Holmes, but you know, you just never really know, man. Like, and, and I'm, I'm, I've been a victim. I'm not a victim, but I've been guilty of doing that uh, to, you know, Pat, you know, people like Patrick Holmes and shit like that. So. Well, when you're early in on it too, like, I mean, and, and said something with the, something with something with that platform with Facebook specifically, you don't see it as much on, on Instagram. You don't, even though Facebook owns them, it's the same kind of thing in a way, but it's, you don't see it uh, as much. It, there's just something, I think it's probably that, you know, the, Facebook, I mean, shit came out about that. It's the algorithms are designed to basically encourage this kind of stuff to, to encourage negative engagement so that they're able to, you know, keep everybody locked in. And so that's the stuff that gets people riled up and right. it's part of human nature too. Like I said, everybody has something, at least a little bit, even the most peaceful people have at least a little bit of something and wants to talk some shit sometimes and, and challenge I mean... somebody thing so it's it's there but um yeah and the funny thing on that too so you said you, you know you you uh kind of started off on the wrong foot with him but then look how good of friends you guys are sometimes that's how like this you just gotta own it like here's the thing bro like i'm i'm i am i've come so far in my life to where i could own my own bullshit now like i know when i fuck up like <laughs> i know when i'm like on the old school mj shit like hey listen y'all that you were wrong for saying that like I know, like, and I know my line and sometimes I don't care to cross it. Like I, I know when I'm crossing the line, let's just say that. So if I ever do really cross the line, understand that MJ wanted to cross it and didn't give a fuck. And that's still kind of my problem. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is, is that what, what were we talking about? My mind went blanking. What were we talking about right before that? Talking about just like starting off on the wrong foot and, and oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. challenging people yeah. that were, but, that but, you know what they're doing, like, but, but like, re, but remending shit, like just coming out and saying, listen, my bad. Like, I honestly, I'm not really like the best person at, you know, under whatever the fuck. Just own your shit and stop being, well, it was them. It was them. No, motherfucker. I'll, you know, all these people that I do talk about in the Facebook shit started. It's them. It is them. It's you. It is me. It is the like whoever, like the person that has an issue in the comments, that's you. You're the problem. That's all I got to say. And, you know. You know, that's why, like, Chris, I wish I have your power and Socrates and Bill and a lot of guys who are so heavy in this game who just sit back and just watch the fucking chaos going out in the comments and just, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm sorry. I'm still four you years into this. You'll get there every time. It, it's yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm sorry. Down. Honestly, some of it's just getting worn down and just literally just you got to gotta go through the time of seeing it and you're like, oh, shit, all right. Because some of these it. things, like, on this topic, it just popped in my head for some reason. Like ignorance, like that's everywhere, man. When we were, I, this 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 little memory has been in my head forever because I remember how much this pissed me off at the time. When when I I think we were like 13, 14, something like this, maybe fifteen years old. Um, you know, my close group of friends, Barry Swole, Mike Fabrizio's, and, and Barry Hudson and stuff. Like Great. we all we all kept these. We were all keeping reptiles at that time. We were all huge into them, and we ended up doing a um, a little volunteer thing where we brought snakes up to try to kind of educate people at a, a pet fair. You know, it was primarily dogs and, and cats, and, and you know, it wasn't really a reptile thing. But I don't remember how we got into this. Somehow we stumbled into this situation, this opportunity to teach there, and so we like brought some cages. You know, old Neodicia cage with with my, my I think I had my albino Burmese at the time in there, and a few different stuff. And I was telling, I remember I was telling some 
some uh it was just somebody somebody who was asking about like how many venomous snakes there were in the state and at the time i knew i can't remember exactly what the number is now but at the time i knew and so i was telling exactly what they were and i knew what you know i knew the shit i learned that from a book i knew exactly what it was and this this redneck dude just like cuts in so it was like a real life facebook thing this real this redneck guy just cuts into the conversation he's like there's a hell of a lot more than that as far as the number of species and it it it's like you see that same kind of thing now somebody trying to point out an emeralds not looking so good um and then somebody else who probably doesn't know what they're talking about interjects and say oh it looks great it looks healthy i just saw that like yes probably the same thread honestly we were talking about earlier Oh my. Okay, I I will say, bro, and you know it's like, I I don't mean to budge, be judgmental, but it's so easy to be judgmental on what kind of person who's posting just by clicking on their profile pic. I'm sorry, but all I gotta do is be like, who is sometimes? Who, I mean, for the most part, you're like, who the fuck is this person? And you just see like they're either like the most cockiest, like look at me, like I'm fucking know what I'm doing. It's like. Oh my god, they had this one guy, his name was Rocky. Okay, his name was Rocky. I remember the guy Rocky who posted in the Emerald Tree Bow. He's the one. So, you know, dude, he had legit people putting like long like advice. Like, and I was reading all the advice. I'm like, bro, this is great advice. Everything's straightforward. The next day, he puts a heating pad, he state he tapes it to the side of the uh big ass exoterra that he has this fucking neo in. And then he has three red fluorescent bulbs on top, just red red bulbs at night, just fucking shitting on it. All you it's see, a hot dog at Seven Eleven. It sounds like all you see, all you see, all you see, bro. All you see is he had like one of those magnetic ledges, you know, those things at the pet shops. The magnetic. He he had a ledge at the very bottom. This poor thing was perched at the very bottom of the ledge. He had all these perches, but he was on the ledge. That poor fucking snake, bro. And like that's stuff. that's yeah, why yeah. that's why I get heated, bro. That's why I get heated because we're supposed to just be like, oh hey guys, let him go. Or we're supposed to be like, hey, no nah, man, let him. You know, oh no, go, you're an idiot. How about how about I'll let you go, you fucking moron, for like yeah. you know, you got to speak up. And and you know, why am I doing this podcast so people are aware, you know? And so if I see negligence like that, I'm not gonna let that shit slide. And you know, if, if anyone has a problem with me speaking up in the Facebook group, they I've been kicked out of groups before. So if I'm not kicked out, then they must not have a problem with it. So there's there's that. You know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, it just gets it gets old, Chris. It gets old, bro. It's like it gets, old. it gets old, bro. And honestly, like, I you know, it's I just feel I don't know. I don't even know what to feel no more. To be honest, I don't even give a fuck about the Facebook groups because I'm so we haven't even talked about your shit, and I'm more more in tuned about what's what's going on with you right now. To be honest, so why don't yeah. we take why don't we let's, let's revert back here, Chris, to the import you picked up so you got you, you're like okay let me just get one snake and then you immediately was like i need to get something to pair to this snake right and that it just came i mean just the urge to you know how it is you, you, you there's these these animals are incredible especially when you you know having kept a bunch of different stuff back in the day for whatever reason one's never enough and two's never enough and three and four and so on and so forth so i thought i would be cool just keeping the one and then it was like yeah, I just wanted another one, so I picked that that second. Um, the little import Biak. Um, still have her. She's she's she had she had a clutch last year. Um, um, yeah, it's a pure Biak type um, clutch last year. Damn. And, uh, so she's she's been a real solid. But I had to work. You know, I, I had to put work into getting her help. You know, 
getting her health to where let's, I needed to be. Let's talk about that's exactly what I was hoping you were going to say. Let's talk about some of the stuff that you went through with her. And if we could just take it from the beginning, like what was it like when you first brought her in? And let's take us through your quarantine steps too. like what's your process when all that? Well, so quarantine stuff is something I'm still is I'm, I'm always trying to improve that because that's really that's the key be almost beyond anything at this point is trying to do that figuring out what your situation you know what your what your personal situation is and, and and keeping things isolated as much as possible and and you know trying not to cross contaminate stuff because that's that's uh especially from having the experience back in the day um working at the importer that's one of the things i started learning by trial and error at that time was just things like you know instead of keeping every single one of these little boa constrictors all you know, if you get a, a a batch of Colombians in, hundred of them, two hundred of them, you know, in a little Colombian boas, instead of putting them all in the same thing and they're all drinking the same water and shitting in the water and sharing it and everything, and then they're all getting sick really quick, separate as many of them as you can, keep them isolated. So I kept this little bioc. Um, you know, again, this was 2017, so I, this was I knew at that point I needed to keep her isolated, so I kept her in a separate room. Um, always wash my hands between handling her and, and the, the, you know, Ricky James, which was the one I got from my boy, Chris. And, um, and then working to establish her at that time, um, she didn't want to eat. It's a classic thing that a lot of them do. Didn't want to eat. Um, in hindsight, I was still keeping her a little, probably a little too hot and didn't keep it, keep her quite right. Um, it didn't give her enough security and didn't leave her enough uh, alone enough. Um, but I worked on that, you know, just kind of trying to observe the animal, seeing what she needs, kept trying to work on getting her to feed. And let's see, she, I think she didn't eat for probably a few weeks, something like that. Just a few weeks. And then I got her to take a, a I think the first meal she took was a frozen thawed, uh, mouse, small adult mouse. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so, off from there. so hold on. So she didn't eat for a few weeks and you were offering frozen thawed this entire time or were you switching it up and putting live? Like, what were you doing? And I rarely do live. I don't like to do it. I, I'm, I'm a softie with for one thing. I don't like to do it because I don't like to, to, to feed live stuff. Yeah, respect. Wow. I don't, yeah, I try not to ever do it. I don't, I don't think it's often as necessary as it seems. Um, Sometimes it is, and, and and sometimes that's what works. But I think it tends to be down to more like the, the the heat of the prey, the frozen thawed prey that you're offering, the movement you're doing, uh, scenting it. You know what I mean? Do you it's soak your you soak your prey? It's soaked, isn't it? I do. I, I've seen on here. You hate it. I know you. But that's an old. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I cranked up when you said that said that in, on past interviews because you always make fun of that stuff, but. That's the way I always, you know, that's the way we were taught to do it back in the day. That's what you always did. And it, there's the benefit of them being hydrated. And you have the thing where it's, you know, you're taking a, you can warm them up in the water, you know, nice and hot, and then just immediately take it out, quick, dry, offer to the animal while it's still warm. It's a, it's just kind of convenient to do, even though I know it's, it's, I know you hate it. So. It's not <laughs> that I hate it. Well it, for it me, so. Listen, after hearing a lot of you understand my whole reason behind like, ill that's gross is like, I didn't really know the whole hydration part of it, which helps. And, you know, there are there are a lot of, you know, pros why you should 
go that route, but you just don't have to. It's not like something. You no, do. I don't think you have to. You don't have to. It's, it's, it's just help. Like, you know, especially if you're somebody who's in a really dry area or if you have like, you know, if you're really against, you know, spraying or if you just can't spray in your area, then I can understand why you'd want to soak the shit out of your animals. Like I'm mean, you're the, the rodents before. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but me, like, like I said, I don't have like, dude, my, I have really good humidity where I'm at. Knock on wood. Everything's good where I'm at. So I just don't need to soak. And, you know, for, you know, sanit, you know, sanitation wise, like for it, just not passing anything that could really have Nido, you're, you know, more likely it's not going to happen if you're not soaking, you know, if you're not using forceps, dipping in into fucking a, bo- a, a bucket of, uh, you know, water wraps fucking shit. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, no, like- I know what you're getting at. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I'm trying to, you know, like I said, it's the thing I'm always trying to improve. So I try to use separate tongs for everything. I was going to say, you you have se- you have separate forceps for everything, I'm assuming? Or how do you, what do you do? Yeah, quarantine, absolutely, yeah. And then I'm 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 going to probably just start using separate tongs for every single snake, you know, just to keep it consistent, keep it, um, you know, as, as sanitary as possible there. But, like, I'll use... I'll sanitize in between uh, feeding, like you know, like a, a, in the same rack of hatchlings. But that's an example of like that's it's working well, and I haven't had any problems with it so far. But I can step that up further and and just go to individual um, uh, tongs there. I actually was just thinking I might I might just start as I've been trying to get a few of these baby emeralds to eat. I've been using chopsticks, and it works pretty well. Really? Chopsticks, yeah. Just toss them afterwards. Oh shit! I mean, it's cheaper. I mean, it's it's you know, it, it, it just, I don't know if I'll actually do that, but it would just cross my mind today. I'm like, you know, this is working all right. Damn, you be, become a chop chopstick pro. <laughs> but um, hey. uh, but, but, but yeah, yeah. yeah well, I was gonna say, I'm sorry. Yeah, so okay, I'm sorry. You, so a few weeks it took you for it to take a frozen thawed hopper or fuzzy or or, or what? Yeah, what did it take? A hopper, small adult, adult mouse. Did it did that. did it take off after that? Like did after Not that was it? No, not it wasn't like a one and done, and then it's perfect from there. It was it was a couple of feedings were like a little iffy, you know, um, but it didn't take too long for for her to to kind of get with the program there. And um, for me, with getting getting something, you know, trying to get an established or, or an establishing a wild caught sub adult or adult green tree or emeralds, um, I think that's the only I think that's the only wild caught green tree I've I have had. Um, well, I have a story from back in the day. Technically, my first green tree was back when I worked at the importer. We'll go into that later. But right. um, that, you know, I, I've never, I've, I've, I've had pretty good luck and I've had a decent amount of experience establishing them, getting them to feed. So I don't normally have a ton of trouble with that. And um, I don't know if there's really an exact, it's not really one singular thing to get it, to get them going. It's just kind of seeing what each individual animal is responding to is, is a big part of it. And luck of the draw too, right? I mean, and luck of the draw, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's luck of the draw. There's plenty of them where you try every single technique, and um, still no no response. But I do feel over time, having worked with stuff, you know, you kind of, I, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like um, I'm getting better at it with the, with the, the neochondros and the neo. Well, this is the first litter of neo emeralds I've had, so I'm still you know working on them but um you start picking up on all the subtle stuff and noticing little things at work and trying little techniques and i'm not afraid i'm not afraid to try anything unorthodox i don't you know unless it's clearly insane you know i'm not going to do something totally insane but i think trying trying something that's that's maybe a little bit thinking outside of the box can sometimes 
get good results. Right. So, so let me uh, let me ask yeah. you th- let me ask you this, Chris. So I mean, at what point, you know, with you, you know, like you waited a few weeks to offer this Neo uh, Frozen Thought, you know, and you kept doing Frozen Thought, but you know, I'm, I'm curious. At what point do you resort to you know, assist feeding or force feeding? Like, do you, or do you even believe in that? Um, I. I'm not against it. I, I, well, I guess I, I don't think about it too much. So I, I didn't need to with her. She was she wasn't you know close to that point. So um, with a neonate, I've I only force fed the 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 in 2020 the clutch of a Rubiox that I had. I got super paranoid. Cause, you know you're stressed out and trying to get them to eat and and you pulling your hair out trying to get them to, to eat. You start get I started getting you know fall into that kind of trap of, of fear. Like, oh God, it's going to die in two minutes if I don't get a meal into it right away. You right. Know, it's been weeks since it hatched or whatever. So right. I don't know. I think it was like a few weeks or, or a month or so past. And I, I, I panicked and I force fed two of those neonates, um, a pinky and I, you know, it was a miserable experience and I just didn't, didn't enjoy it. It's, I don't think it's really that stressful on the snakes if you know how to do it. And I, I knew how to do it from back in the day. I think it can be done safely, and that sometimes, sometimes that's what you end up having to do to get, a, you know, get a baby started. But with, I think that's the only time I've had to force feed anything. I do assist feeds um, for sure. You know, some different forms of assist feeds, but um, I've been kind of tweaking how I do that as well. Um, I try not to. Give us some examples if you can. Like, what are, what are some of the things you do to assist feed? Like, what are what, I'm just curious. Well, so what I had done with uh, the 2020 clutch of chondros, I was doing, you know, like, take, you know, the, the frozen, uh, like, take a frozen thawed pinky and and um, do just the head, just the just the pinky head, and use tongs, put that into the snake's mouth, kind of get it started basically, and then let up and let it swallow it. And you can do that with different stuff with, you know, mouse tail. Uh, I think people are using successfully doing like a uh, leg of a mouse and things like that as well, which is pretty cool. It's probably a lot easier. I haven't actually tried that yet, but I'm Patrick, sure it's Patrick told me. Patrick told me about that. The, the, yeah, the, it's, the, it's, like, it's no doubt that's probably a really slick way of doing that because it just kind of, you know, smoothly goes a, just down. Just get a real, just get a real sharp knife. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's going to be messy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad enough, man. I, I I'm not not a fan of doing the pinky head thing. It's pretty whack, but you got to do what you got to do. Disgusting. I, I, my girlfriend laughs so much about that stuff. She's like, shit, you get into is weirder every day. But uh, <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> but so I so yeah. So with the baby chondros, basically, the the main thing I was doing before was like you know, trying to you know tease them with it in the tub with it like you know um, like harlan wall i think it was the one that i remember reading about describing the technique of using um the pinky head and either i would either do it with tongs or with a um little skewer and do it tease the snake in the tub but that to me was driving me nuts like i was i was doing that and stressing out and you know you got the ones that are just runners and it's like they're they're not responding to that no matter what you do there is no responding and just the way that my mind works i'm just trying i'm I'm immediately just thinking like i got to figure out a better way to do this i got to figure out an easier way to to do this um to get this thing to 
to eat. And I've, you know, tried a million different things and nothing was really working. And the thing that I've personally found that was, you know, it's kind of relieved the stress for me of getting a lot of the babies feeding is doing the um, kind of restrained, lightly restrained tease feeding method that Dan from DM Exotics demonstrated really, really well on his channel. I saw him doing that with a baby Boyega. And um, I was like, you know, that might, I saw that and I'm like, that's, let me try that. Let me see if I can give that, give that a go. And I've had really good results doing it. It's still tough. It's still. What does he do? What's exactly what do you do? Lightly restrained. So basically, you know, it, it, you're still tease feeding. In, in, and in this case with them, I, you know, it's still like a pink, a frozen thought pinky head. You're still tease feeding, but you're trying to elicit a strike uh, by, you know, this, like, say you got a runner chondro. That's right. just no matter what you do, uh-huh. not going to strike. And you you hold the snake. Of course, you have to be really really gentle with this. I wouldn't recommend it for for anybody that's heavy handed with the animals. Like I see a lot of people holding their baby chondros. I saw one the other day that it's like you know the guy's strangling this tiny little baby chondro, and it drove me nuts the way people handle them. Sometimes you've got to be real light handed with them, but you basically very lightly restrain uh, the you know the body leave about a first third of the, the head and neck, uh, or, you know, first third of the body, so just basically the, the head and neck free, and just try to kind of, with them lightly restrained like that, they can't run, they can't do, you know, they can't escape. So then you kind of, you know, try to lightly tease it and get it to strike. And I found that after doing that for a little while, I can get every single one of them to eat eventually. I just don't, I don't give up until it eats. So what you do, okay, because, you know, a lot of people who've, you know, told me what to do with runners is, like, try again in 15 minutes or, you know, or close, close the tub. I don't go straight to that. that it, it, again, it's just going with each individual snake because right. there's – it's like they all have levels of – it's not really stupidity, but it's almost like it's like levels of stupidity. Like, right. how thick-headed is this snake as far as not understanding what it needs to be doing with feeding? But right. – um yeah, I, I go to that that light, lightly restrained tease feeding method once it seems clear to me that the snake's not going to do, not going to respond any any other way. I'm always trying first, you just try to, you know, the, the, the common kind of tease feeding um, in the tub, trying to elicit a strike. Um, scenting is another one. Sometimes, you know, some of them I've had take off pretty easily with just some chick down scents or even rat fur worked a couple times. Um, this year I tried chicken broth, which is surprisingly worked well, particularly in combination with chick down. Super hot. Uh, yeah, pretty. I mean, yeah, nice and warm. Not not blazing Boy, hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they get it warm. And to me, that seemed to work for the ones that, in particular, like the ones that will strike and grab and and oftentimes they'll wrap, and then they spit it out. Just spit yeah. it out, spit it out, spit it out. And so I, looking at enough of them doing that, I kept just looking at the behavior of the snake, and I'm like, well, I don't know that it's the weight of the pinky in this case because strike, wrap it, its body's on the on on the floor of the tub. It's not really like it's having to hold this right. pinky up. It's real <clears throat> heavy for it. Um, it seemed to be clearly it was distinguished. Uh, they're repulsed by the taste of a pinky. Who wouldn't be? You know I mean, it smells. I don't like it. Oops. So, um, yeah. So I tried chicken broth. I'd seen that suggested somewhere. I wish I could remember exactly where. 
um, but I saw that suggested somewhere and gave it a try and it's worked it worked pretty well like I said in particular with the um, chick down and what it, all it really seems to do I don't think that the it, it seemed to kind of mask the taste of the pinky enough when they grab it to where then it, they would you know kind of hold it for a while and then they started swallowing so that worked well for me so Chris do you, you but the first time like let's just talk about a fresh shed out clutch of neos you don't resort to chick down in the broth right away right you you, you try just a normal thought out uh pinky no, or, right away right away much. okay so yeah, first yeah, off, yeah. i mean well i mean you know you always see if they'll just take it unscented first that'd be because that'd be ideal if it just right off the bat takes an unscented frozen thawed pink and there's no, no so you do so you do try unscented first i'll try that first yeah just okay. to see because you, you kind of yeah, might as well see if they see if they go for it. You know what I mean? You might. I've had a, I had a couple that did. It's like all right, amazing. You know, right? Um, but the chick down was. I mean, as far as scenting, I tried to. F I don't remember what all I tried. I've tried chick down. I've tried rat fur, mouse fur, chicken broth. Um, I tried. I did get one one time to to uh, feed using. Um, I rubbed the. Uh, uh, skink's tail on a pinky mouse right surprisingly it worked it was a one-off thing though it didn't work again i didn't get any others to do it that way that's the thing that sucks about you know, i'm sure you obviously everybody knows that there's doesn't seem to be one singular like this works for every single baby um baby chondro um at least not yet right so i, I try a bunch of different stuff like that but i always yeah i i think with with chick down it works pretty well and getting some of them going pretty pretty early on i think mark from uh texas chondros goes to petco and gets like the uh, parakeet feathers or some shit too that works i did try that one time and i didn't i uh i think it was parakeets and it, it didn't get a result but again could you know who knows why i could absolutely see where it would work right uh, yeah i mean it's and i don't even i don't even know Again, I'm I'm just still trying to figure it out. I don't know why the chick down works because they're not they're obviously not eating birds at that age in the wild. I almost think it's still maybe it gets kind of down to the it's like it's it's masking the the pinky scent that they seem to, to be repulsed by. Um, you, I mean, you know, figure we're trying to get these things to eat something that they just don't eat in the wild. They're not eating frozen thawed. You want to know what mice. you want to know what Ryan Young has on deck. Ryan Young has baby blue tongue skink, little lizards. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's like, that's his, like, I mean, here's the thing with Ryan, like, you know, and he said, he said it on both my podcasts that I had him on. Um, he doesn't, A, he does not stress to fucking worry about feeding the Neo after it sheds. He'll wait like a month or two. Like, you know, like literally wait before he offers it anything. Going that route as well, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then basically what he'll do is like, if it don't make it, don't make it. You don't believe in assist feeding. Like he's he's basically says, why would you even want that animal to be in? You know, you're basically forcing an animal to be strong enough for this world when it's not. And it's like, hits. He kind of plays the realistic numbers game because you gotta think about it, in the wild. If a clutch of chondro eggs do all come out, they're not all gonna survive. Like, are you kidding me? Like, some of them are gonna be fucked up. You know what I mean? But sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are, but there are like you know people who are figuring things out to where you could get most of a clutch to survive and if not all of it and whatnot but you know at the end of the day like let me ask you this if you have a clutch of neos that you're looking at mm -hmm. 
regardless the way it looks, do you consider selling the ones that aren't as strong of as eaters as other ones? Like if you have one that's just a really bad eater, I mean, it's eating and it's growing, but like in your mind, are you like, I, I don't want to keep that snake or like, what are you thinking when, when, when you have a poor eater like that? I'm in the, I'm kind of, I don't, I'm in a stage right now where I'm, I'm still, I, I'm, I'm trying to kind of figure out how exactly I feel about it because I definitely see the the logic behind if it's not willing to feed, you know, it's not going to survive, it's not going to thrive, right? I, I that makes a lot of sense, and I, I can I can completely understand going that route, and especially depending on how many things you've got going, it might not make sense to sit here and bang your head against the wall with one baby for for, for months because it's it's it can be super stressful, it takes forever, you know what I mean? It's crap. Yeah, still didn't really know how much time it could consume until you're doing it and then you're like wow wow you know there's definitely moments where you're like this is probably a mental disorder to be willing to do this it just doesn't make any sense like why would anybody in their right mind be willing to do it but i just really i i i want to see them do well and and so i just feel like i i I feel like it's the, the way i'm thinking now i don't know if it's right i don't know if it's it's I may end up changing my perspective about it, but my thinking on it now is more so that like what I'm trying to do with these little snakes is not at all really what they would be doing in the wild. I'm I'm trying to get them to feed on these nasty little frozen thawed pinky mice because that's what's convenient for me. Right. That's what's easy to get a hold of. Um, it's not really what they want. It's not really what they're programmed to feed. Not again this is just me hypothesizing i might be wrong about it maybe somebody will be like you're full of shit but it just seems like some of them some individuals adapt or they're just naturally kind of like it's almost like they're 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 just naturally more adaptable i don't know if it's more intelligence or whatever but they just seem to get it they, they understand like oh that thing's moving it's warm i'm, I'm grabbing it and i'm eating it and i'm not going to worry about what it is um they just those are probably the ones i would imagine that really thrive and, and kick ass in the wild right and then the babies that don't really do that it almost just seems like their minds are really rigid and they're pre-programmed to respond to a very limited number of of, of you know stimuli I, I don't know but they just don't seem to be um very flexible or adaptable but having started some of those ones like that that i would have you know, like for the, with the first clutch, I had two in particular that were holdouts that were getting, they were getting to that point where I was like, all right, I can see the writings on the wall if they don't get food in them. If they don't get with the program soon, they're they're goners. They're not going to make it. You know what I mean? I think they were like four months or five months of uh, assist feeding and, and they were just not doing well. And um, but the, the restrained tease feeding thing got them going they started you know it took time it still took a lot of time but i got them to where i was like i i'm getting a meal in the snake every single time i try and i'm not stopping until it eats the meal and it, with enough persistence i i'm finding that it will eventually get pissed off enough it'll strike it'll eat on its own it can be real time consuming and real frustrating but it will eventually take it and that's what i've done with all of them going forward and those snakes turn around once they turn around, they're every they eat every bit as aggressive as the ones that that started great. 
So I just don't know what my kind of now it's like I said, it's it's a little strange because I would think if this snake was destined to not make it, nothing would really work. And I'm just wondering, you know, why do they what is it that once it kind of the light bulb goes on, uh, you know, the light bulb turns on and they get with the program and then they're slamming meals every single time. What's making that specific one take that long? You know, I, I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I'm hoping hopefully one day we'll understand it better. And, and that's what I'm kind of trying. That's what's interesting to me is trying to figure that kind of stuff out with them. I know a saying that was told to me as a kid and I'll fucking to this day, I'll live with that saying. You want to know what that saying is, Chris? Only the strong survive, bro. Only the strong <laughs> will survive. What are you going to do? But let me ask you this, okay? The restraint technique that you do with the chondros, are you implementing that with your emerald neos as well? I just started trying that a little bit today. So, you know, they, the, the emerald litter has been, of course, different. You know, it's, it's not, not the same as the um, chondros. And um, so they, yeah, I think, of, uh, yeah, back up a little bit. So they were born in December. And they, all of them took a lot longer than expected to shed, you know, which was stressing me out big time until I talked to Ed about it. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to chill out on this. But they took, they, you know, you expect them to shed in two weeks, you know, roughly something like this. And, um, but I think the, the first one took about a month and then they shed kind of separately and, um, they're all, they all shed out now, but they, you know, once they all finally shed, I tried feeding them. And it was funny the way it went down. So I tried the first, uh, the, my favorite pick of the clut or the litter, biggest one, uh, best looking one. It's that snake I lucked out with. That snake's just like a perfect little, you know, badass. It basically everything. It's just done right from from the get go. That snake fooled me into thinking that they were going to be super super easy walk in the park because that snake took a frozen thawed mouse with very little teasing and like two minutes or less uh, froze, you know, frozen thawed, unscented hopper mouse. And it just grabbed it, constricted it and ate it like a little monster. I was in shock. I'm like, it made, made me second guess myself. This is really this thing's first meal. Like it's eating like a, like a beast. So then I was laughing with Ed talking about this the other day i was like yeah that, of course expected the rest of them would be like that boom 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 not one of them ate after that <laughs> not one of them ate so i'm still working to get them getting them established um and taking meals so i'm getting them um i just started with one of them today trying to do a little bit of the restrained tease feeding just to see how they respond to it and it's same same thing you know the wouldn't wouldn't strike it was a runner and then you lightly restrain them a bit. Um, again, you got to just be careful with it. Lightly restrain it, um, and they get frustrated enough after a little while that you'll get, you at least I'm getting strikes out of them. And um, so that's moving in the right direction. And so the the, the strikes, you know, gotten more, uh, you know, more accurate and more confident over, uh, you know, some time with that. But but unfortunately, just grabbing and dropping it, not wrapping it up yet. So I'm I'm still trying to get um, the rest of them solid, um, but I can tell. I, at least my expectation is they're going to definitely be easier in the long term than the chondros because you know, they're bigger. They're just 
hardier animals, it seems like. I, mean, I was shocked how much bigger they really are, especially the one, the biggest one of the litters. Like, <laughs> well, let, me ask, let me ask you this, Chris. Let me ask you this. Which one so far, which one's been easier to breed so far? Um, I would – I don't know if I have enough experience to say that for sure, really. So far, I, so far. So far, so far, probably chondros. I would say respect. And that's probably because you've had more success results. Why? Like you've seen more action from Condros versus. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, uh, I've had luck. Like, so, so, so this last week I've had good luck. I posted a couple of things about it. I'm, I'm only doing a few pairings at the moment, but I lucked out and that the weather over the last week or so has really seemed to kick everything into high gear. I wasn't seeing much, much all that much activity from things up until recently but right now it's like it's been a great week as far as that goes i had the you know i've, I've got a um the same male uh larry that sired the the northern litter last year it's been going crazy with an anaconda phase female and then um i've got a biot male that has now locked with two two other biot females i was trying to do a repeat pairing of um, and uh, yeah, my Aru male and uh, my female Biak Lucy that I've had for a long time. I was hoping to do a repeat pairing with them, but the male Aru is like he's just I don't know, man. He's 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 off his pimp game for sure. He's not doing anything right as far as that. He's everything's good with him. He's eating fine. He's just I almost wonder if he's maybe I, I got to kind of go back through my records and check and see if he's maybe he's like intimidated because the younger more dominant males in the room now or something. I don't know. Right. But he's he's just he was like an aggressive breeder that first year with them, uh with with the the Biak and then he's not not really been doing much. And um but yeah it's I, I think getting them as plenty of other people have said, getting them to, to breed is one thing. Getting <laughs> hatched babies with is another with the chondros and then getting, you know, live uh, neonates from the emeralds is obviously another thing too there um so yeah my uh, but anyway i'm probably rambling a little too much but i good? think the condoms are a little seem to be a little bit easier to me so how far. many how many times okay first off when your females lay do you give them a year off do you not breed them that next year or how how, do you, how are you cycling that i'm still playing around with that a little bit um ideally eventually i would like to give them a year off you know for each time and i did do that with the one uh biak she had a year off although i did try her last year i didn't really push it i'm just like oh she's because she bounced bounced back really well she had good weight she looked like everything was was you know going in the right direction so i'm like you know i think she'd be fine so i tried but the male Rue didn't go for it and um that's all i tried and so i think it was just him he she may have just gone last year too i don't know i have you have you had any female chondro wise just not go for you like you know they laid but then like just haven't laid since then or just you know no 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 i haven't i haven't had enough time for that to be happening so um i did have or well i guess the the we'll see we'll see is the answer this year because that be out female so she she had a clutch of 2020 i tried her again briefly i didn't push it very hard i just tried her pairing her a couple a of bit. times up with a male aru and nothing happened but i don't think that was her i think that was the male the male right because the same thing was just happening this year i had 
I had put that male Aru in with her off and on since like middle of the middle of December, I believe. I hadn't really seen anything at all happening, and I was kind of thinking it was maybe her. Um, but then I, I, especially after talking, I talked to Ed on the phone the other day. We we're talking about emeralds, but I just same kind of thing as far as like not having, you know, it's never a bad thing to have enough males uh, to have more males. And so I decided I was like, well, let me take this male Aru out and put the the Biak male in and see how that goes. Right. Biak male was locked up with her. I mean. Two hours, three hours later, something like that, and they locked up for like ten or twelve hours straight. So yeah. it's like it was clearly not the female. It was clearly not the female in this case. Now whether she, I don't know if she's too far along. I don't have an ultrasound or anything like that, so I don't. I'm just doing everything by by observation. <coughs> I can't tell for sure if she's too far along, um, or or how to work out. But I feel pretty good about it based on their behavior. You know what I mean? They. So I have a, you know, I, I understand this kid's excitement. He's a teenager. He's, he's a little pissed off and excited. You know, he wants to hear it. You know, and, and I was waiting. Don't worry, bro. Like, I, I was saving this, Jake. Okay, Jake, deep breaths. You know, trust me. We all know, you know, we want to talk about the emeralds. And uh, yeah, if, if I'm rambling about too much other shit, just. just... No, you're fine. I was just, you're good. Trust me. You're, we're, we're killing this podcast. We're doing a good job. But I want to go ahead and transition now because, uh, I'm trying to upload this fucking pic, and of course I'm having issues right now. But uh, I was kind of scoping through your uh, Facebook stuff, just kind of seeing like all your old stuff that you post in the groups mm -hmm. and whatnot. Because what's cool about the Facebook groups, you can just search somebody's name, and you'll see everything that they post in that group. So that's what I did with you. And God, I can't pull it up. But uh, here, maybe I can right now. But there's one individual that you had, and you know this was somebody that Forrest used to talk about all the time. Um, and that's the late Rico Wilder, man. Uh, Rico Wilder was somebody who, I mean, like, even if you never met Rico, the way people talk about Rico, you know, when we're talking about Rico, like he yeah. is a one of a kind individual, almost like a Forrest Fanning, but like on a more legend level. And be, just because what he used to present at shows is not presented. What this guy used to do at shows is not happening anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know, he used to work with both and, you know, chondros and emeralds and so since we're transitioning right now from the chondro talk to emerald talk and you know you have pictures of rico and whatnot was he a big influence for you to work with emeralds or what was the influence for you to work with chondro and emeralds i'm i'm real curious well so emeralds specifically i guess you know let's see so the oldest inspiration was just seeing like you know obviously back in the day as a kid, there was that Living Snakes of the World book with a gorgeous Northern Emerald uh, right. face on it. And then the old Reptiles magazines, you'd have articles and pictures of the Amazon basins and stuff like that. So those were those have always been like a dream species, the Northerns and the Amazon basins. And uh, so I've always loved those, always loved chondros. Um, some of the earliest inspirations, uh, Eugene Bissett, we actually got to take a trip to Eugene's facility in 95. Wow. mind-blowing. Like, crazy. I mean, crazy to see that. Um, where's he at? He's, he's in Maryland. Where's he at again? I forget. No, he's in Archer, Florida. Or he was. I think he's still I think he's still in Archer, Florida, Gainesville or, or whatever. And, um, okay. So we got, you know, we had chatted chatted with Eugene at the, it was like the 94 and 95 Expos. Uh, the early Orlando show and then the Day Daytona show. Uh, when I think it transitioned in 95 or 96, I can't remember exactly which year, but 
and he had, he invited us up there. So we went there and and he had emeralds and 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 chondros, and it was, you know, imagine seeing that back at, at that point, you know, being 14, 15, 16 years old, whatever we were, it was absolutely insane. So guys like Eugene, and then in the modern time, Rico is definitely as I'm researching everything and looking at stuff, seeing all of Rico's stuff, the emeralds and the chondro has been a huge, huge influence along with obviously Ed, um, yep. you know, Ryan Wilson, huge influence there. Alan, Dr. Ryan Wilson, yeah, Alan, yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many, I can, I'm sure I'm forgetting them, but, um, it's growing. That's, it's growing. Yeah. The list just keeps growing. There's, there's, there's so many Warren booths. Obviously. Yeah. Like Warren booth. Um, yeah. Why don't you, what the fuck shot to the homie Warren booth? God damn. Oh, yeah, that's dude, my boy. And, and I mean, it, it, seeing all these guys, you know, the, the guys that have been on your podcast and, and, um, seeing, you know, seeing and listening to that's been an, an enormous influence. So I hope, that you, got I, hope, me I, hope, I hope you guys are ready for the Warren booth episode. That's going to be a wild one. Just so you know, like, cause Trust me, that's going to be in person, and we're going to be drinking. So that's going to go for a long. That's <laughs> nice. going to go for a long time. Okay, just nice. so you know. um, But anyways, okay. So back to the emeralds. Um, let's kind of talk about the uh, transition from you know. Obviously, you know things move fast, Chris. You already know. So you're like, you know, oh, let me get this one chondro. Okay, let me get this import. And then, how many chondros did you have before you got an emerald? And where did you get that emerald from? Let's talk about the start of all that. So- let me see. Is I actually, I still have a relatively small collection, so I, I only have maybe th- I don't know four chondros, something like that. I don't, I don't actually have that many adults. I got a lot of holdback babies at the moment, but um, I only had four or five chondros, I think. At that time, um, it was, yeah, it was 2018, but it was, it, yeah, it was just a or 2019. I have to look at when it was when I got the first one. I think this, I this think might be I able got, to help. This might be able to help you. Let's see. Let's it see. Was first, 2019. First off, guys, if you could please do me a favor and go follow my man Chris Rice right here, Snake Spirit on Instagram, okay? Because we're gonna we're gonna dip through some of his stuff. I already I've already had this like queued up, ready to go, Chris. So let's let's look at let's look at this real quick because I'm I literally have um, your first post on Instagram up, and it's not a chondro, it's a fucking emerald. So I'm curious here. So let's look at this real quick. This is goddamn. This is so gorgeous, bro. Whew, heat. So here we go. This is February yeah. 20, 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. That's, go that's my Amara, which uh, unfortunately she passed away last year from liver cancer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was when I was going through some old stuff, I posted that. I posted something on Instagram today, um, you know, old video I clip I, I, I found of her looking through my videos, you know, running a uh, – I think I have that good – on her outside. Yeah. That snake, obviously, you can see how gorgeous that snake was. So, that wasn't my first one. She was actually the third one. This um, one right here, right? Yeah, that's her. Oh I've still God. to this day, I, I don't know exactly how old she is, but based on the the guy that I got her from, the original keeper, um, and I, I won't go into the whole story about it, but basically, the original keeper um, had said he had her for fifteen years, and that she was already an adult when he got her. She was an import, um, and he had got her from some just a random pet store. And so she could have been like 20, 30 years old. There's no, I there's no, you could, I mean, I've seen plenty of old snakes. She had that look to her, her scales had that look to her. And, um, so I, I, you know, when I got her, I, when I first saw her, I was like, I don't, what is this? Is this a northern? Is this a basin cross? I didn't know what she was. 
I was like, this, she's incredible. And uh, I still wasn't sure. I asked a couple people when I picked her up, I was like, is, does this look like a cross? Cause I just, I've never really seen, I know some of the older Northerns get real dark and, and look, and I've seen some that look kind of like that, but personally, I've just never seen another that looked but like her. Dude, do you want, do you want to know the only place where I've seen green like that on an emerald is on a mature old ass emerald, bro. Like, like, cause I've, I've been to Marshall Mendes's house. I've seen, uh, you know, the, the emeralds, the Miss Willie lines and the big ass Northerns that Steven has at rep Steven and Desiree have at rep tech. And that, that distinct green that you see that lime light, but dark green, dude, those are on old emeralds. Like yeah, I'm talking yeah. about mature, like mm -hmm. that, that just, that's just like a, an age. Like that just shows the I've come to understand that more. Cause it, you know, I, it's definitely an age thing is a big part of it. Um, so, but wow. yeah, so she was, she was, in, yeah, she was amazing. I was really, really hoping she would, she would live longer, obviously. And, and at least you got, at least you got, a, at least you got a little bit of time with her though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, I was, it was an honor to be able to keep that snake in its, in its last few years. You know what I mean? She was, cause she was old and the guy told me, you know, when I got her, he's like, you know, I, he was, he's like, you know, I can't make any promises. how you know, I don't know how old she is. He's like, I've had her for 15 years. She was an adult when I got her. And Damn. it was, he was, she was actually kept in a, she was kept outdoors on a porch in a big, tall, it was a pretty cool little, it was a wooden cage, but it was a big, tall um, cage that the guy had built. And he kept never, never sprayed, never anything like, wow. I mean, kept, did it, did it get rained on? You would think it's like, you would think, you would think like, oh, it was kept wrong, but she lived a long life. I think one of the things that this guy did right because he was, a really nice guy but he wasn't really like he just had a couple of snakes that just he was not at all like into the reptile community he just had a few snakes yeah. pets and liked them and um yeah right but he was he did the real sparing feed feeding thing he said he fed her he was actually feeding her um either a large rat or occasionally uh um, oh, a, <laughs> a squirrel mm -hmm. well, yeah. i think it was, it was he fed roadkill squirrel which is crazy Oh my God! I would never do that, but I mean, it was like shit. Where but he would—he was—I, I, you know, she—he would feed her like I think he said he would usually feed her a large rat once every six to eight weeks, something like that. Wow. And well, I mean, still, you know, she was still in good body condition, but slender. But um, you know, that seems to be, and that's something I'm moving more and more towards. Not going that long with them, really, but definitely like a change in pace from, from back in the day when I was keeping, when it was like, you know, everything needs to be pumped up with food every week and you're feeding the, feeding the crap out of everything. Um, so so I'm moving, me, always moving more and more toward feeding them less basically. So let me, ask, let me ask you this, Chris, when you, you picked up that, that 15 plus year old Emerald from that guy, then what was the next move? Like what, what, what was your next Emerald purchase after that? Well, I guess she wasn't the first one. The one you're looking at right there was actually the first one. So okay. that's Artemis. Uh, okay. That's the one who came in the litter. Nice. So, yeah, I got her. I, I think I got her. I'd have to look at my records. I think I got her. It was either beginning of 2019, I want to say. I think I've had her about, yeah, it's about three, coming up on right about three years now. I don't think it was 2018. Okay. So I already, like I said, I had a few condos at that point, and then I, I got her. I wanted specifically the challenge of trying to, to establish some imports and breed them so that's been the goal from from day one the challenge of it and, and the, just the fact it was a combination of i wanted to see if i could do it it needs to be done in my opinion there needs to be some work put into that to get these snakes to a point where there really is captive bred ones available 
um, right. to really, you know, to get anywhere near like what's been done with somebody like Ed with the basins and make them. Because, you know, Northern's, nobody's, there's not very many people working with them. Mm-mm. You know, it's, I think there's less probably than with the, the the basins or something. I've heard that anyway. I don't know for sure. But that was my goal with that was see if I could establish them and, and, and get them to breed. And so I did. I got that far so you know so far with them. I, wa- I wonder why. I wonder why the Northerns aren't you know as established as the Basins right now. I fucking I wonder fucking why. <laughs> and that's part of why I'm I'm trying to you know do what little bit I can. Hopefully, right. I'll achieve it. But I would just like to be able to contribute. Hopefully, some some long lasting animals into that into that that you know eventually we'll produce some more so you know, futures uh, down the road you know have more captive bred babies available so at what point chris did you were you able to pair up your emeralds after you got the pair that you needed like i mean let's kind of talk about the the uh the experience with you actually pairing up the emeralds and whatnot yeah so yeah so the 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 litter that i've got going now they i paired them in november yeah, it must have been November. I think it was middle of November 2020, and they didn't do anything. Nothing. Nothing for months. Um, and it was the end of January where they finally kicked in. Um, it was like, yeah, it was, it was interesting because it was about exactly a year ago from the you know same males kicking in, killing it now. Um, it was about exactly a year ago. Um, and then it ramped up from there. So I didn't really think it was going to happen until he started ramping up at the end of January, early February, 2021. And then, um, then they were off to the races there. And, and thankfully I lucked out and got, got a litter going from there. Okay. And then, so I don't know, I've heard so many different kind of stories with people pairing up emeralds, you know, like, did you have a, an aggressive male or any kind of combating or anything like that when pairing up your emeralds? I was lucky. Now this this male is like Larry is is the male. He's um he's super chill and even even um so far anyways. I know that can change, especially you know Ed had said stuff stuff about that. Like you gotta always watch the males during breeding season because right they can flip on you. Um, I've been lucky. He's been he's been real chill. He's been cool. And neither of the neither of the pairings that I've done there were um, there was any aggression. Um, I have had a, some, I had an accident with the, uh, uh, the chondro pairing, the Aru and, uh, Biak pairing where I had a, you know, uh, the male actually grabbed the female and wrapped her up, like trying to kill her, like thinking it was food. We'll talk about that later if you want. I've done that. The emeralds yeah, terrible. So far, you know, so far, um, you know, nothing there, which is good because it would definitely be freaky to deal with that because th- their teeth are just, you know, it's pretty nuts. It's not fun to see, bro. I mean, we could get into it now. I mean, like I was, uh, I found, you know, back when I was talking about, I was getting imports, you know, I was, I, I got really good at, you know, sexing ball pythons, but, you know, obviously you don't want to pop a chondro too small, right? Or you don't want, you don't want to pop a chondro period, to be honest. So I was just going off the, uh, you know, the, the, the person I was buying it from, I was going off his word. I was like, all right, this is a female, this is a male. Okay, cool. You know, it's a lot harder kind of to tell, you know, especially if you're feeding one good you know it's hard to tell the sex really with a chondro you know as it you know for the most part so anyways yeah i had these two really nice bx and i was like fuck i'm gonna put these together and you know i i did i did notice like 
distance and I noticed that they never really want to be by each other, but I was told, you know, Hey, just leave them in there for at least a week. You know, you never know. Like that kind of happens at first type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, just leave them go, you know, let them, let them do their thing. And I remember putting a towel over, over their bin and feeding day came and I was like, all right, time to feed. And then next, you know, I hear, I hear like literally, if you put shoes inside a dryer, <laughs> you ever hear that? You ever hear yeah, the rumbling? Yeah. I'm talking about the rumbling. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, I stopped what I was doing and I was like, what the fuck is that? And I first, it sounded like a rat was like losing its mind in a bin, but I was like, I didn't put no live rat in a bin. Like I don't feed my chondros live. So I was tripping out. And so I look, I took the towel out and my bigger fucking female had the other one. What I thought was a male completely wrapped and dude, they were fighting and I didn't know what to do, man. I was freaking out. And I was like, almost just going to let it run. I was going to just let it ride out. I, I for like literally 30 seconds. I'm just like, like, just like literally screaming, like what the fuck. And I was like, I can't, I was like, I can't let this snake die. So I literally yeah. went in there and I fucking just ripped them. Like it was, it was hard, bro. But I grabbed one, I grabbed the bigger one by the head and was able to find it. And I literally with all my might had to unwrap her teeth were fucking flying out, bro. Like it was like, it was terrible. I was that was probably yeah, one of the worst things you had to do, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I say so. They're they're both here, man. And you know, mm-hmm. and, but what turned out was the the male was a female. You know what I mean? But I think even if it was a male, because of the food response, I think it was all based off the food. To be honest, That's, it was. It, yeah, I've got a similar story, not quite as extreme with with I'm doing. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, 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 no. I'm just saying it's. I, I mean, I could have easily been there. I just lucked out. I wasn't quite as extreme with that. But um, it was. I right. think it was a miss. Mistaken food response as well, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, unless you want to, I, I didn't know if we want to. Yeah, no, no, let's get into it. No, let's talk about it. Let's talk about yeah, it. But yeah, so real quick, what happened with that was basically I had, you know, again, it was the roommate, um, who's he's not, he's not really, a, I wouldn't say he's aggressive, he's actually pretty mellow most of the time, but he's got a really, he's an interesting snake. He, he's, he's one of the most, but he's got, he's got to be the most inactive chondro I have, right? Even you know, c- compared to the females, but he's got a crazy food response. Like he just, he spazzes out. He's one of those things. that's just like, dude, you don't need to do that to the frozen yeah. dog mountain rat. You know what I mean? Gut, have you, has, he, has he ever busted the guts out of it and shit? No, like, oh. I, no, but he's, I know what you mean. I've seen that with that. Disgusting. Yes. But, uh, but he's got a real aggressive feed response. And so the cage that they were, that the females in is an old school Neodisha uh, cube. And I'm probably seeing Neodisha wrong i think it's neodesha but i grew up where'd you even it. get that from that i i would I fucking that from, uh, for this. Brittany from ivory exotics actually i would feed I'd for use... this what does this even cost I'm oh, just not, that, not that that not that that's those are my favorite enclosures I've yeah i would I just ed, ed, ed has a bunch of these i'm obsessed yeah, with it's the same kind of thing i don't know exactly who made them i think there was one or two <laughs> people that made it back in the day but that's like the same i'm pretty sure it's made by the same person that made the ones that ended up buying and everything so i i bought those used off a a dude that used to breed emeralds and chondros and i saw the ad for them and i was like holy shit that's those cages so i was like i called the guy i'm like please (laughs) please let me buy them like what'd you pay for i'm just curious not much i think i paid like 50 each you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, something like that. 50 or 75 each, something like that. Dude, what a fucking price. I would fiend for those. Those are I, great. Dude, I was, they're, and they're, they, for me, those um, for arboreals, I want to eventually have every single adult arboreal in a setup that has the slide-out drawer. I mean, they can't be that expensive to make. Like, you got to think. I think like, it's just, I think it's an issue with, um, I, I, 
I think it's got to be an issue with shipping them is one thing, and I've heard that before spoken because these are those are acrylic, so it's an issue of shipping them and them breaking. And then I'm wondering because to me, like I'm thinking in the in this day and age, like I, you, nobody's really doing arboreal cages with a pullout drawer anymore. And I don't right. understand why. Because I didn't realize how how convenient it was and how nice it was until I had one, and I'm like, now, yeah, I don't want every I want every single one of the adults in something like this eventually. Whoa. Whether it has to be just because it doesn't, you know, I mean, obviously it's they'll they'll do fine without it. It's more a convenience for me. It's really drawers. really dope to be able to not disturb them. No, that's the that's the best thing i've ever heard of a pullout drawer like are you kidding me that like that's are you you don't have to worry about anything no well uh, i mean if 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 they're locked up i don't want to mess with them just just saying like after hearing on your uh, it was the the interview with was it james optal had the snake that oh the the other one now i'm like paranoid about that i'm like if i see a you know uh, if, they, if they're locked or something, I'm just like, man, I got to keep my distance. I, just, I don't want them getting their, getting their right. But. Exactly right. But even having to keep from reaching your hand inside, like literally, like just pulling it out, like that sounds like so ideal. I mean, it if it's really one thing, it, it really is. That's what I'm saying. I, I've got to figure out. I, I, I oh, before man. I had those cages, I don't think I have the. I don't think I ever posted anything about it. I, I had rigged up some tubs to function that same kind of way. So I'd rigged up tubs to, so where I had like a, um, they were like three foot tubs, but I think it was like three foot by 18 inches or something. And I rigged them up. So one was upside down. I'll find right. a picture of it and send it to you at some point, but right. I rigged that up. Um, so that it had a pullout drawer and I started loving it just from doing that because I had seen those old cages with the pullout drawer. I was like, that makes sense. That's dope. And, uh, but right. then when I got the real ones, having it properly slide in and fit and not be janky and stuff was was nice so yeah it's it, that's something i don't know if i end up having to get them custom made or something but i'm surprised no arboreal you know cages are made like this there i i can only think it has there's maybe some manufacturing issue with it or something inconvenient about doing it that i'm just not thinking of or something but i'm gonna I'm gonna to talk to my sponsor tomorrow, Focus Cube Habitat, and I'm gonna run this. Would be I'm, dope because the, I'm running this idea by him. Yeah, and I mean that's I know you know that Ed used those back in the day. He still got them all. Like those are, uh, I think, I think Freedom Breeder. I, I know they did. I saw way back. It was I've, I've I've only seen pictures of them once or twice. But I think Freedom Breeder used to make some kind of arboreal cage that had a pullout drawer. They don't anymore. But yeah, like. Stuff. and something by focus cube would be incredible because those cages are yeah those are those are amazing so um, i noticed chris that you take a lot of your snakes outside and whatnot it looks like you supplement a lot of natural daylight for them i mean can we kind of talk about that a little bit yeah so i don't um i didn't get to do it this past year as much as i would have liked to because you know the neighbors are different so I'm trying, <laughs> it's pretty much like I didn't, we didn't for a little while. There was no neighbor on the one side for like a year. It was, it was so nice because it's just like, I don't have to deal with privacy. Neighbor bullshit. Yeah, just having the privacy of that. So now I didn't get to go out as much as I, I would have liked. But yeah, I, I normally, I normally try to get them out as much as I can. Get them out, moving around a little bit. Get them, get them doing some like that. Get them doing some vertical climbing because that's something that you really can't 
give them that and in almost any you know indoor closure that you're going to get there's no way they're really going to be able to do any kind of stretching like that serious vertical climbing in particular yeah Dude, that's all that's all like dude, they're using muscles that they can't use like that exactly. in a cage so exactly. that makes sense exactly so i try to do that as much as i can i said i wish i would have got to do it more over the past year but i i, I always get them out a little bit here and there and then right. yeah i figured some some natural sunlight it's, it's kind of just a win-win it's it's for me it's really enjoyable to take them out and and, and just admire them like that right I'm lazy with taking the pictures and videos. It's the easiest lighting setup that you can do because I don't have to do anything. It's just like it just go out at the right time of day and it, it just kind of works as far as, you know, I don't have to set up any kind of lighting or anything like that. You want, hey, I'm, not, hey, I'm not going to lie, Chris. You want to know what kind of ruins the moment when you have something like this outside when you uh, when you know you have to take a pic? Because you're, like, yeah. you're like, fuck, you know, you either have to go grab your phone or you have to go do something. You know what I mean? Well, what I tried to do, and again, I don't always just do it. I try to just kind of, I figured like, because I'm, 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 I've been better lately about posting, but I'm, I'm usually kind of inconsistent with it. Right. Like I'll post. I just not. I can never be. I don't think I'll ever be somebody that can post every single day. I just never can get around to doing it. But like, it's I usually go in flurries of it. So I'll, I'll take a, you know, I'll, I'll get a chance to go out and take them out and get some decent pics and videos. And then I'll post stuff for a few days in a row. And then I might not push it for a few days or a few weeks even, but right. um, I try to kind of plan to just get some, do it as a photo opportunity, but you're right though. It does kind of sometimes ruin it because I've had plenty of times where it's like, you know, I think to myself, I'm like, man, I just ruined a nice moment enjoying the snakes. Like I was just trying to just let them do their thing and just, just having a cool, enjoyable time you know, admiring then, these, these incredible animals. And then I get stressed out because I can't get a good picture or something. And it's like, but then, but then damn, if you don't either, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's cause then you're like, fuck, this is a really good shot. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. It is what it yeah. is. Life, <laughs> either way, life is rough, right? <laughs> life, yeah, can't, it's not always fucking easy. You know what I mean? And especially with chondros, but, um, so, okay, let's, um, let's talk a little bit more as far as like your whole like goal with, the production side of the emeralds and chondros like i mean because you do have a nine to five right like it's not like you do this for a living right no i don't do it for a living so um yeah so i don't i, I well i'm trying to kind of rethink what i wanted to do because last year even though I, I had some great things happen last year with the snakes i mean it was it was it was i had you know successfully maternally incubated the chondro clutch which was a goal i always had and Dude, then hard. Had a litter of a litter of emeralds so i was like you know that's awesome that's huge Last year was also like, from a personal aspect, I had a lot of loss last year. So I, you know, I don't want to get into everything, but so, right. So. I, yeah, basically, just you know, I have, I'm, I'm just kind of re, you know, getting my mind back in the right headspace at the, you know, after a few months of, of really some, some hard times, and um, so I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm trying to make plans of what do I want to do going forward with. Do I want to focus more on emeralds? Do I want to focus more on chondros? Of course, what my, you know, I'm always trying to think, well, why not both? And why not? <laughs> you know, why can't I just have every single locality of chondro? And why can't I have every variety of emeralds? But yeah, try and then a million other species I would love to keep too. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to figure that out. The northern emeralds are definitely something I'm, I'm focusing on hardcore right now um, because I want, I feel like, that's a species that it's important 
Yeah, it's it's. I feel like I could. It's 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 important work that needs to be done, and if I can contribute. Well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, look how look how many look how many savages there are in the Conjo game, and there's not enough in the Emerald game whatsoever. So it's like, especially the Northern. You know, we're talking Northerns here. Um, yeah. And and, and, and I, really like Northerns are gorgeous. I, mean, I love Northerns, bro. I mean, I have I have Northerns. Or, I mean, I would love a basin, and that's on the list. But man, too, I me too, man. I appreciate my Northerns. I'm obsessed with my Northerns, bro. They're yeah, they're, man, they're I, I honestly, you know, I mean, that might oh. change. Oh, I, I might change once I get some basins, and then I'll be like, oh, you know. Well, I mean, dude, I, you doubt I doubt it. I think it's. I mean, they're they're you know, no doubt, no doubt. I can see the. I can see the the appeal of doing nothing but basins because of how amazing they are because it's you know it's the challenge i think of doing this period when you really love a lot of different species is like you got to kind of at some point you got to try to just you got to limit yourself as far as what you can what you can handle in terms of how many and, and i don't know there's a lot of other cool species i want to keep too and and i get tempted to go down that road I might eventually do that, but right now I'm trying to stay focused on the emeralds, kind of primarily, and and but but the chondros too. The challenge, of course, is really it's a, the challenge is like, well, what are the ones I want to focus on the most? You know, what are, what are my favorites right now that I really want to put forth effort into? And so with the northern emeralds, I definitely plan to go forward with producing. I'd love to get to a point where I could produce a litter or two of emeralds every single year. That would be amazing whether I can do it or not, I don't know. But I figured that that would be a, a, a it seems like a plausible goal to me. Maybe it could go more than that. Maybe I can get to the point where I'm doing three or four of them. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I definitely am, am going for that route and eventually have some basins as well. Um, Chondros is tricky because the, you, it's, it's like... Unpredictable. Like, I mean, this all, this all is, but it's just like... Yeah, you just never... You never know, like with the, it's just like that's what I'm saying, bro. Carries going on right now that I'm excited about it doesn't doesn't mean anything's gonna happen. Don't mean shit. That's what I said. I, 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 I tip my hat. I might be tucking my tail between my legs and and feeling foolish in a few months, and or you know, and, and by the summer when I uh, when nothing's happening, but I feel good about it at the moment. I think I, I think I've got a, a a decent enough of a grasp that hopefully I'll get something. One of the pairings at least will will, will go. But the thing with the chondros is really just trying to figure out, like, how much time do I, can I, and do I want to spend on establishing babies? Oh, my. Which that's, I'm that's sure everybody feels the same way with that. Because you've got to really figure, you know, I think I, I think I remember seeing, I think it was, yeah, it was Pedro saying something like that. Like, the, I think Pedro will only do two clutches a year. Maybe I'm thinking yeah. somebody else. It was on, it was on your. It was Pedro. Right? Pedro says he's not, Pedro says anyone who. Pedro says anything anything four or more is insane. He says it doesn't think, make any sense. I would imagine. I would. Yeah. Right now, I would say yeah. Unless you have, I, unless you're doing it like. Unless you're Socrates. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Socrates, He's a machine, just, bro. He's a machine. I'm telling you. you guys, I don't know him sleep. well, but does he? Does he? Actually he doesn't sleep. sleep. He doesn't. He sleep. barely like. And like it's. He's like, like he just takes like a power nap for twenty minutes and it goes right back to killing the next thing. Sock has this thing and it pisses him. It doesn't piss him off, but he like will quickly check me if I say it. But I go, he'll call me. I go, what up, bro? You just chilling? He goes, bro, I'm never chilling. I don't have time to chill. I'm like, all right, yeah. cool. Kick it, whatever. Uh, what's good? You know, he's like, I'm on my way to work. But yeah, the guy, 
like will literally you know he, he runs a business fucking just you know he's a father of two grinds you know great Focus, husband man, he's got, you can tell that dude's but know, he but he puts his but he puts but he really puts fantastic. he makes he makes the snakes a priority like he makes the chondros a priority like as much as he's tired and wants to go to sleep he won't sleep and will be up all night fucking you know feeding getting all these chondros to become established like he sacrifices all that he doesn't care yeah that's why he does I, it. I, I, I get it and that's what and see that's 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 what Hard. i've done with him like that's what i said like what i don't my outlook on him not that I'm on his level, I'm not, not trying to say that, but I mean, um, as far as the, getting the establishing the baby chondros, like I, I, it might change over time, but my mentality with him right, right now is like, I, I won't accept a baby not eating. Right. It's it's I'm, it's gonna eat one way or another, and and at some point, and if if I have to work with it for a year to get it there, then I've got to do it. But I just I don't want to I don't. Yeah, just my, that's my goal, anyways, to not accept losing one from starvation. And so far, I haven't. Um, now, the ones that are born, you know, there's ones that are, and I had an emerald that had, you know, two, well, one stillborn emerald and one that was born with an umbilical problem. That something like that's different, where they have internal issues that you are kind of right from the get go. You can tell something's up. It's just snakes not right. That's a different story to me. Um, that's a snake that the, you there, you'll, you would never be able to get it to turn around. But if the snake doesn't have obvious internal problems, it does seem to have the potential to thrive. I I don't want to give up on it. I want to make sure that I get it to feed and then eventually get it. You know, I'm not happy until it's like slamming food with with enthusiasm. Well, because that should be your goal. I mean, we 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 see we have snakes that slam food, and it's a fucking joy. I love seeing my snakes eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, it's probably why yeah, you know most great to see them. You know, you're taking care of these animals. You want to see them do really well. Yep. You exactly. know, I, I, it's that's that's really the thrill of it. Ultimately, is like it's like you just want to, and that's why sometimes some people get tempted to overfeed stuff too, because it's like it's I get it. And back in the day, we used to overfeed, but right. Uh, but just getting them to thrive as, as best as you can and try to keep learning from it. And, 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 you know, especially with the chondras because they're challenging like this, it's a great feeling when that one major pain in the ass snake that you're just like, Oh my God, this, this thing's never going to take finally turns around. And then it's like, ah, oh, you know, you're over that hump with it. You're over that, 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 you know, the hurdle. Yeah. 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 Which is a big fucking hurdle. Let me just say that Sometimes it's like, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I mean, it's it's rewarding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, well. So on, yeah. So the two clutch a year thing is yeah. It's just kind of I think depending. It all depends on how much free time you have and and how you want to devote it. For me, like I said, it's kind of a challenge. If I was focusing almost exclusively or or exclusively on condos, I would try to aim for more than two clutches a year. And two um, and two litters. So two chondro clutches, two litters is was is kind of what your goal was right now. I would say yeah, somewhere in that area. Yeah, somewhere. That's that's like I mean that I don't like I said I don't know if I'll achieve it every year for sure, but that's that would be I'd be quite happy to do two or you know anywhere from one to three litters of each species uh, per year for now, and then and then just see where it goes. I didn't really plan to do even that much getting you know when i got back into it so i'm already doing more than i would have expected to do with them so i don't i don't really want to completely limit myself with them but i also don't want to like you know get 
uh, get silly, silly expectations for myself that I can't live up to. Um, but the, yeah, the conjo stuff is the most challenging for, for sticking with all that, you know, how many you can do. So Chris, you got to understand and you probably do understand this, but you work with two of the most popular sought after, like, you know, when it comes to something, not ball Python, the Emerald mm -hmm. and the Green Tree Python are the most fascinated projects as far as for new keepers. Okay. So let me ask you this. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you, if we were to put you in a position and everything's in your favor, let's say two litters, two litters a year, two chondro clutches a year, and you have some production to sell, mm -hmm. how are you going to sell those snakes? And to the new keeper out there, like what's your suggestion for somebody to get in a good position to get one of your productions or how would that work? Well, and the funny thing is, is first I've, I've got to not hold it back first. That's the, True. That's the first thing that's going to happen. Facts. Facts. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like, you know, obviously talking with people is, is, you know, just making friends, which I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm admittedly really bad. I can be pretty antisocial with stuff and I'm trying to get a little bit out of that tendency. Part of that's why I was, you know, stoked to, to get invited on here. Cause like I said, I, I tend to kind of stay more in the shadows with that stuff. I'll post respect uh, pictures and videos of the snakes and stuff but i just generally kind of keep myself out of it but um uh, doing that contacting people you know and, and just making you know making contacts with people and and not hassling people because i get people that already hassle me which is you know, i'm not i don't even have anything that's available right now and uh but i get people that sometimes hassle you a bit which is i'm sure off-putting for almost anybody if it's if you're being obnoxious it's not great but just trying to kind of you know keep an eye on stuff and i think probably a lot of times i don't know how everybody is with waiting lists i i, I guess maybe i have like a little bit of a loose waiting list in my head but I, it doesn't make sense to be doing a waiting list for me right now um, well it's like you're getting ahead of yourself and, and this is yeah, these, aren't, yeah. these aren't the projects to do that you know <laughs> like these aren't ball I mean, not even ball Python people do that to be respectful. They don't put they, you know, like there's not really a wait list unless there's something yeah. to wait for. There's nothing to wait for. And, you know, I don't know. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, I, if, it, you know, until I have something that I, you know, if, if I was, if I get to the point, if I, you know, if it goes that far to where I'm killing it with stuff and I've got, and I, I feel like, yeah, I'm, you know, probably going to have at least a few things here. And maybe I'll change my mind on wait lists a little bit, but I, I kind of doubt it because, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and it's and you and it takes so long to establish these things that i've what i've been telling some people that have contacted me is just respectfully being like you know right now i i just the best thing is to just follow follow what i'm doing because i'll post about stuff as it progresses right and then you know because anything that's going to be with these you know i want to make sure that anything that that gets sold is is solid right. Right. you know not going to come back. No, I mean, you, well, you you never know. You might have some problems at some point if you do enough stuff. But right. yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? avoid that. Yeah, yeah, you can't avoid some odd odd cases here and there. But I want to make sure that that the dudes that inspired me back in the day were guys like Eugene. You know what I mean? Going to that facility, that like you know, blows my mind. Seeing that was like I, especially going from seeing mostly local stuff that was like kind of you know diff you know even if they were good people with good intentions it's like their husbandry and the way they keep kept them was nowhere near the kind of level of what eugene was doing at that time like eugene introduced us to the idea of like keeping records and 
proper hygiene and all and, and all this everything really and really learning from the snakes themselves and stuff and eugene was always the like kind of the, the gold standard back in the day to me as far as like don't sell stuff that that i don't even he may have he had a, he always had a bunch of funny sayings i always feel like he, he had a funny saying about that i felt like about quality or no 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 it was something about like I don't know if it was it was more involved I think than quality over quantity but um anyways I'm rambling a bit about it just the point being I'd want to make sure that everything's really really rock solid and 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 ready to go before it would be sold so for people looking for them whether it be for me or anybody else in the the future just uh be respectful and and be patient (laughs) because that's it's a big part of it, I think. What about as far as, you know, if you ever get to the point where you have enough to display at a show, you ever plan on doing a show like Rico used to do at all? Has that ever crossed your mind? I could see where it would be really fun, but I also see where it would be extremely stressful. Yeah. Because there's, there's so many risks involved, you know? It's like, fuck. Yeah. The, yeah, the level of risk is big because um, and it would depend on the show and, and everything in your situation. But um, I, I think it could be fun. I don't know. I don't really have a plan to do it at the moment. Um, but that could change over time because, I mean, that was, you know, those early reptile shows that we went to as, as kids were, you know, you're influencing and inspiring a lot of young, young up-and-coming people at those shows. So putting on a, you know, I saw, dude, the old displays that Eugene used to do at the, the early expos were incredible. I mean, that was, you know, again, these glass jars with condro after condro after condro and just like holy shit this is crazy just staring at it as a young kid like i could see where that would be cool to provide that kind of experience for for young keepers for sure oh yeah but the risk yeah the risk is is big there so um maybe i'd have to say yeah maybe it it would be it could be fun if done right so um, I have a wrap-up question for you, Chris, before we get into the hot seat questions, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is because we didn't really talk about this at all, and I just want to know what your stand is or what your experience has been with, like, nidovirus, crypto, anything mm-hmm. that's been wiping people's collections out that like it has in the past. Like, what's your experience with that? What's your protocol with stuff like that? So, yeah, nido, obviously, I had, a, I had an early experience with a nido-positive female chondro. So um, the, she was one I picked up uh, that was, I believe, a captive bred based on the look of, she looked like some kind of locality cross, maybe a farm bred thing, I'm not sure, but she almost looked like, I don't know, I never, I never really could tell who she had, she had a lot of blue in her. Um, but I picked up that snake and I, I was always quarantined everything, separate rooms um, from, from anything that's established, gets quarantined, you know, uh, anything that new comes in is quarantined in, in a separate room. And then ideally never quarantine multiple things in the same room. If that's at all possible, if, if so, try to reset the quarantine time when something new comes in. So try to be super strict with it and kind of, kind of, um, you know, probably borderline ridiculous with that as far as like always wearing gloves and going through a million pairs of gloves and, and everything. But I, so, had this nidovirus snake, uh, nidovirus positive snake. Didn't know she was nidopositive until I tested her. But I only had her for a few months. And then when I tested her for nido, came back positive. And of course, terrifying. 
it's like oh shit even though she was quarantined and and never put it where you know close to any of the others or anything else i was still paranoid about it probably a little overly paranoid at that point because i was learning about all that and everything and I actually ended up donating that snake to uh, the bartolini's oh wow cody and pia damn those are the homies yeah, yeah donated her to just to help with research and and um yeah she ended eventually eventually didn't make it but she was a beautiful snake really beautiful snake but that's that's the only one i've ever had to test positive so that kind of that experience put the the brakes on getting new ones for me like i've been real slow and cautious about it from that point again probably a little too paranoid to some degrees with it um i've i've missed out on a couple of i missed out on one gorgeous female aru that i should have just taken the chance on that was local that i don't even I don't have a good excuse for Judah. It's such a nice snake to have with the, the male Aru, but I was just so nido paranoid at the time that I just didn't want to take any risks. But I think my stance on it is that if you quarantine really strict um, and test, you know, test multiple times, make sure that your um, that your quarantine protocols are, are, you know, legit. Do it as best as you can. Separate stuff. Uh, by walls wherever possible so put it in a different room put it in a different building if you can do that and um, I never had a problem with it after that snake thankfully so far again I've retested anything that anything new that I come that I that I acquire gets tested at least three times and then when do you retest like do you ever like wait a couple years or wait a year and then retest again just to be sure I haven't yet but I want to do that this year I want to retest all the adults just to be 100% sure um, they've been tested you know they I spaced the tests out so that it's not just like back to back to back. But yeah, I, I think that's that's ideally the way to do it. Retest. Um, I don't know what the exact. I guess you probably never really be too safe with it, honestly. Um, I, I don't know what makes sense exact frequency for retesting animals that have that have consistently shown negative. But I don't see any anything but good that can come of doing that. You know, retesting them uh, the adults on a regular basis and and you know, babies and some adults as well, and just making sure, because then I think that that's how you avoid like total crazy meltdown situations. Right. You know what I mean? If, if you're, if you're doing it, if you're testing and you're, and you're quarantining properly, I don't think it has to be a total nightmare. Um, I think that a lot of people are kind of learning that and wising up from when that happened back in the day more often. And, and that stuff's probably been around for a long time too. I mean, I, I'm can never say for sure, of course, but when I think back and so much of the stuff I observed at the um, the the reptile wholesaler when I worked there, it's like you'd see our eyes break out, and now I'm always thinking like mm, probably probably was a viral thing, right? I mean, oftentimes because you'd see stuff that's like you know these. One snake was fine. You put them in with another for some reason, and now they're both acting up. So it's like, yeah, did the snake really get? You know, are they really so weak that they can't handle a, a two degree drop at night? I doubt it. Right. You know, I really don't think so. They're certainly going through more extreme drops at night in the wild. I mean, um, well, not every case, but you know what I mean. Like they're 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 hardier, I think, than no. I do know what you mean because it does drop. Like it, they do have extreme drops, and and a healthy snake should be able to deal with it. You know, yeah. You know, a, a snake that isn't so healthy will crash, and and mm -hmm. and you'll see it. You know, and the thing is with with chondros, 
I mean, I don't know. I had a long talk with Socrates about this because I I recently just had my first ball python with RI. Like, I was mm-hmm. and I, and she's I had her breeding and stuff like that, and it's pretty bad. Like, she's fucking drooling, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? So Sock was like, yo, you know, Nido test it, which obviously I did. Um, I have four Taz. I have it in the in the incubator. But, you know, either way, it's like I talked to him. I was like, hey, like, it's you know, because a lot of ball python people are like, oh, why are you Nido testing the ball python? It's not Nido. But mm-hmm. his experience with Nido started with the ball python. That's how it all started with him. Like he got a ball, took in a ball python uh, that ended up fucking rolling on him and he got it tested, found out that it had Nido. So I wouldn't you know, be surprised. Again, this is this is just me hypothesizing. on. I, I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if probably – out of the cases where you've got a, a, a situation where a, a ton of chondros or, or carpet pythons or something like all crash out from Nido, it must, would seem to me that it's at least more likely that that would be from a, a, a strain that they don't naturally carry, that they're picking up from ball pythons or from something, something else. else. Right. I don't know for sure, but that's that's what I would suspect. Because um, you know you've you've got these you've got plenty of the ones that that test um, positive that are essentially asymptomatic, and um, I think that there's been some confirmed cases of it coming in from wild chondros too. Now that's not again this is just me hypothesizing. I would I don't know that that's necessarily indicative that it's absolutely true that it's coming from you know all wild caught ones are carrying this stuff, but certainly possible um well you know what you know what it's possible that's gonna happen to me and i'm already realizing this right now is after i get this fucking ball python nido test dude i have pop wands i have white lips i have boas i have fucking like i'm miss timors i have so i have boegas i have so many different species all in one room that i have not tested yet i've only tested the chondros i've only tested the emeralds and now this ball python but now I know I should test all these other species. I really should. Yeah, it's tr- it's tough though. I get it because it's like when you've got a large collection, it's it's obviously there's the expense of it, there's the time of it, there's you know what do you do if you do have you know multiple animals sick? Like what do you? I think the thing it's a little tricky that everybody's still trying to figure out is what's the right thing to do when you do have you know when you when you do have um, a, a positive one. You know what I mean? Do you run out and, and euthanize everything in sight, or, or no? Fuck! Don't it? say that. No, please oh, don't. No, say no. That. I, yeah, sorry. I'm, oh, I'm not don't to say, say that. I'm not I'm saying that. I'm not saying. I have I'm so many. Just, I have so many people tell me, bro. Th- no, there's no way. And when you so many people are doubting it that bad, that's when it fucking happens. So I'm not gonna sleep tonight. I get these results tomorrow morning. So I'm just like, well, I'm, I'm, hopefully it comes out good, man. And like I said, I I don't know that it necessarily is the right step to just go that to go nuclear like that i don't i i don't know for sure but it seems I mean, like you at least test everything this. yeah it seems like there's a better way to handle it and i think that isolation of of anything that's that's test is test positive trying to hopefully prevent something positive from getting in in the first place is ideal but not always possible right stuff slips through especially if you you know if you've got an old collection of stuff that before the Nido thing was really even really recognized, it's hard to, you know, it could have been been going on for a while. I'm sure a lot of people have it that um, it's not necessarily causing problems or not causing serious problems. So 
hopefully we're working, you know, with, with everybody that's got their eyes on it and like, you know, the Bartolini's doing their thing and, and right. um, uh, Stephen Tillis, I know, and, and Rao Labs and, and all, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's available now for, for, for it that I think that, um, you know, hopefully it's, we're, we're, we're on the path to, to handling it much better, um, collectively. So I'm not as freaked out by it as I was. I definitely, you know, having one t- test positive, I was like, oh shit. Right. You know, it's all over. It's definitely, and I was, I was in paranoia mode for probably a good year and a half, two years about that being just re- you know, really, really, really extra careful. But I think it's, it's a good lesson to learn early on. I'm glad I learned that lesson and had that experience early rather than too late. And to any new keeper out there thinking, well, when should I NIDO test? When should somebody NIDO test? Uh, as soon as you get it. It's a good one. Good. It's a good start. As soon as you get it, if you can. Um, you know, it's, it's – uh, I'm of the mentality with, with, the, with that that, like – I think it's good good practice to quarantine and kind of treat everything no matter where it comes from right the same way you know what i mean just to be extra careful and, and maybe that i don't know if that caused i don't know if everybody feels that way or agrees with that that's just my standpoint of it like if i get something i, I just don't really care where it comes from i'm going to treat it try to treat it the same way pretty close anyways now obviously there's a difference between the way you're going to quarantine like a you know uh, an, an import emerald compared to something like you know getting a basin from ed you know what i mean you're not gonna there's a whole different level of risk there um but i would uh, i just think it's a good practice to be into just to to stay consistent with it you know so testing as soon as you get it is good test multiple times i think it's just good practice you know what i mean and, and um uh, and, and be consistent with it is the way to, to keep the stuff, I think, from being a, a huge problem in your collection. Fuck yeah. Well, sick. This was a great episode, Chris. Good job, man. Yeah, you did it. Thanks, man. I had, a, I had a good time. I didn't. I realized I didn't even bring out any snakes. I had planned to. I was going to show well, a couple things. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Let's, let's, go. Go. Show, let's, show, no, let's do it. Let's, let's end it. Let's show, show something. Let's show oh, something. Something. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just had a couple. I totally, of... I totally forgot. Yeah, please. Let, let's end this. That'd be perfect. Let's end this with a show and tell. That'd be great. Cool, oh, cool, yeah. cool. This, I, I don't have too, too much stuff. That's fine. I no, yeah, that's a couple things real quick. I'll try to be fast with it. No, you're good. You take your time. Um, I, I, I want to see this myself. So sorry about that, guys. I totally forgot he had shit to show. Totally forgot. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Um, and let me you're see. Hang on. And I, I got to be. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> sorry if it's a little annoying, but like I, I try to stay strict with wearing the gloves and stuff. It's so, fine. Uh, we get it. Sanitize yeah. first. Yeah. So give me just a second. Hey guys, yeah, real quick. Let's get. Let's get. If you're just now tapping in or if you've been tapped in, forgot to hit the like button. Let's get the likes up for the homie Christopher Rice. Okay, he's about to show some heat right now. And then we'll get into the hot seat questions. And uh, you guys can enjoy the rest of your night. All right, take the floor, Chris. This is you showing your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one second to get this on and then I will go grab... I'll just show a quick... Quickly show a Neo, one of the Neo Beox and then like a yearling or two and then an adult chondro real quick and then show an emerald or two. So I'll try to be pretty quick with it. Hopefully that camera looks all right here. Yeah, you actually like something. Just a second. Let me go grab one of those Neos. Hang on. All right. Cool. Damn, I guess we should smoke. I feel like I need to smoke. But guys, thank you so much for tapping in. This has been a great episode. It's really hard to cram in a lot of information with chondros and emeralds. I mean, clearly Chris is going to need to come on for round two 
he's definitely somebody I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but um, yeah, I don't have hours. I mean, shit, I got about three, and I'm giving you guys about three. Um, super chats were been a little bit light, but hey, listen, I'm still gonna give you three hours. Oh, yeah, All right, go and take Chris. Go and take it. Probably helps to put the headphones in so I can actually hear you. Take the floor, bro. This is all you. All right. Let's see if I can get this. So this is, I'm going to have to just take this out of the, this is the way I'm, I keep my chondro babies. All right. It's a little, is little bit different. They're over water. Water? Okay. Over water. Okay. I see yeah, that. I keep, them, I keep them over water from birth until uh, probably a year and a half, two years. Just works. For me, it works out really. I feel like it's a much better way to be keeping them personally um this is a little true captive bred baby biak which uh can i actually get that on screen uh give me one second So this one's about, I think, four or five months old, maybe six months old by now, something like that. And um, what was the yeah, what, what was the pair, what was the pairing again on that one? Pure Biak. Damn, yeah, that's dubs. hot. That one's hot, bro. Yeah, they they they. Uh, I'm pretty happy with the adults, man. They're they're dope. Um, they uh, that was the wild caught female, and then a um, similar looking uh, male. That I think was a, a farm bred baby. That, what? Yeah, from everything I could tell, it was a farm bred baby. And then, um, you know what? I'm just gonna skip the gloves for this one and just sanitize since these are the captive breads. Oh, we skip the gloves. Slightly break the rules just a little bit, but that's what we do on Trap right. Talk. We break. We break uh, yeah, rules. Living on the edge, really, right? <laughs> it would only being slightly paranoid. Um, Shit, I spilled a little bit of water on the damn computer. Give me one second. Make sure that don't kill the laptop. Hopefully that was just a just a drop. All right, and then let's see if I can just bring this over here. Let's see, so this is one of the. Uh, these are about 18 months old. Actually, probably just have to prop this up here. So this one's about 18 months old. This is an Aru Biot cross, so it's just finally coloring up. Blues are coming in really sick on this one. Damn, I love it. And these, that the, I've even noticed, I cut the purchase are kind of weird, like a little bit unorthodox. I'm experimenting with what they actually respond. Hangers. To. I like the. Hang it's a hanger and then um pieces of like silk plants and stuff i basically am just kind of been playing around with seeing like what will they actually use because i'm personally not a huge um fan of just just a single straight rod or just straight rods like i feel like they need they respond to a lot more yeah they just seem to respond to use it you know what i mean so i'm figuring right. like well they, they probably um they probably should be using it um so yeah, I feel like people just make it too simple with their purchase. Like they need to make it more like all over the place, you know. Well, it's it's hard because it's you know I, I, there's advantages to both. I mean, the simplicity's definitely got a lot of advantages, and 
Oh, this one's angry again. Dude, this one is... Look at this. Rarely do these little ones... these They've been so mellow. This one in particular. I don't see if you'll be able to pick it up. See how he's flattening his head? Oh, he's moving around. Oh, I can't really get him up there right. Anyways, he's got his head way flattened out. Dude, he's beefy. Oh, he looks great. He's pissed, too. He, he He's, for whatever reason, I almost wonder if he's going through like a... I don't know if it's a maturity thing or something. It's, it'd be kind of weird. He just he, his, nat, his nats are dropping. <laughs> it could be it, this that that little snake just all of a sudden. This is the second or third time he's done this now. Where I, I usually does could care less when the tub opens, but he's been you know completely furious at the sight of me. So um, normally I find them to be pretty. I don't know. I don't have any problem handling them with the emeralds for the most part, with a few exceptions. Um, so let me just, just show one adult chondro real quick, just my roux male, because I don't want to just, everything, you know, the stuff that's breeding, I obviously don't want to You're good. pull that out. We don't have too much time, probably, so. You're good, dude. Appreciate everybody being patient with me here, so. Yeah, you're uh, good, man. We're all good. The people like seeing the snakes. This is worth it. Trust me. Yeah, it's, it's, I, 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 and it's fun, you know, everybody likes showing off the stuff, so. Yeah. with it. Show the gold, baby. So, oh, can I show the gold without him actually? <laughs> he might he, he might nail me. Let me see if I can uh, just switch. Actually, one second here. Can I switch this camera? I'm going to try something real quick. If I lose you, I'll come right back. All right, sounds good. Final snake to see. Thanks for uh, hanging tight, guys. Appreciate you. Um, hope you guys are uh, ready for. Uh... Oh, he's coming out at me. Jeez. Oh, there you go. Dude. Ooh. Is that an emerald or that's a chondro? That's a chondro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's in a real. I just have his Cambro tubs set up right here. That's in a real. This is the one that's not breeding, but looks like he's ready to. Bite the shit out of me. And then, would you want to see an emerald? Yeah, show me an emerald. And that will, then that's enough, I think, right? You probably want to run. Times run pretty long, so I don't want to hold people up too much. Uh, Sick ass logo. Switch this. Just plug back in here. Oh, dope, that camera switches back around easily. All right. So, yeah, just I'll pull out one of the, I'll pull out the, I'll pull, pull out Uno, which is that, yeah. the, the Neo Emerald. Let's check it out. Uno. Yeah. Yep. Then we'll get into the hot seat questions. Yeah, yeah. All right, be right back with them. Hang on. Go to All right, cool. area. Hell yeah. Well, what do you guys what do you guys enjoying more? If you're out there listening, or if you're watching this right now, if you were to if you were to pick Contro or Emerald, 
what would you pick right now at this point? After listening to everything you had Chris have to say, hashtag what you would pick. Hashtag Condro, hashtag Emerald. I'm just curious what you guys think so far. 40, 44 of you in the chat. Just curious. Also, I'm curious. Would you do In-N-Out or would you do uh, Mexican food taco shop if you were me in this position after I smoke again? What would you do? Comment. So keep them pretty much the same way. My oh, did it kill? Uh, I'm here. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah, I thought I'm just watching it. Okay, I thought I was like gone. I'm like, all right. So yeah, I just keep them pretty much the same, same way. Um, over water, slightly different perch for this one, but. Uh, I like giving them the um, silk leaves. I might try to do pothos and like something. Uh, eventually, I'm just kind of too big of a puss to add live live plants into the mix right yet. But um, I like giving them the leaves because they I find that they always like to hide on them. So like this little character, they'll usually perch with a leaf kind of right over their head. See if I get better lighting. Gotta bring the lighting here. Shit, that I'm working. All right, can't really get much better lighting, I guess. That looks good, though. I could see it. it. Looks awesome. But yeah, this is the one that's like slammed the first meal really easy. I love the pattern on it and color. It's just uh, super dope. How? What's the age on this one? Uh, this one is this is one from the uh was just was born in December, so it's just about two months. Oh, that's bitching, bro. Congratulations, man. Thanks. Yeah, I'm super proud of this little guy. Or female. No, I haven't proved it yet. I'm not sure, but... As you should. You want me hey, You want me to predict what the sex is? I could do that for you just by looking at it. You want to see it? Let's hear it. Bring it closer. Watch this. Like, can you center it? Yeah, yeah. I want to see the head more now. I want to make, I want, I want to make eye contact with it. Hold on. All right, I'll try to get it up there. It's a little tricky, but... Oh, I want to say male. I'm I'm saying I want to trust me. I want to say female, but I think it's a male. Could be right, man. Could be right. I'll let you know what happens when can I get please, it from. Can you please let me know what, what happened? I'm, I'm I'm very crazy about calling predictions. I'm like literally twenty for twenty, and I I want to keep my streak up. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit. Like, hey, listen, I was fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. I'm always trying to guess and yeah. try to be wrong all the right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, all right, Chris, good shit. Uh, thank you for showing all that. Uh, very inspiring. Um, but it's not Thanks, over. Bro. You got these hot right. you got these hot tea questions. It's about to get real right now, okay? I don't know if you want to put gloves on for this because it's gonna get dirty. <laughs> no, I can handle I can handle it without that. Gloves are coming off. Are <laughs> All right. So do me a favor, not only because I'm hungry and, and you know I do have a wife that's knocking on the door here. Um uh, don't give me an explanation for these hot seat questions. I, I just need I just need an answer. Actually, I'm, I'll do my best not to to, to bullshit. Do your best. Yeah, I see how you go. It gets, I get I'm it. I, yeah, yeah. Some things need more of an explanation, but do your best. The point is less explaining, okay? Yeah. So here we go. Hot seat questions for 
Spirit Snake. Did I say that right? Spirit Snake? Snake Spirit. Fuck. Snake Spirit. That's right. That should be an airline. I don't even know if I'm going to keep that name. So it's, it's That should be an airline. Snake <laughs> Spirit. All right. Here we go. Frozen Thought or Live? Frozen Thought. Egg Cut or No Cut? Egg Cut now. It wasn't before, but Egg Cut now. So Egg Cut. Okay. Red Chondro Neo or Yellow Chondro Neo? I'm going to say yellow, just why not? Wow, okay. So you're just being, you know. I haven't produced any red yet. Could you see right. that? Biggest meal offered to an adult chondro male? Adult chondro male? Least a small rat. Female. Big ass medium rat. How often? Three to five weeks. Biggest meal Bro. offered. Biggest meal to offer to an adult female female emerald. Least a large rat. How often? I I would go four to five weeks. Okay. At that size. Uh, incubation incubation temps straight bake or no straight bake? No straight bake. All right. Uh, yay imports or boo imports? I have to I have to go with yay. Favorite import to establish? Emerald. Emerald, okay. To spray or snake or to not spray a snake? I'll keep well spray, but I don't I don't do I only do it for for stimulation. All right, that's the only explanation. That's the only explanation. I know you, you don't want anybody to ever go. So you spray. you spray. Right, yes. You spray. Okay, just got it. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Choice substrate for a uh, chondro. Babies, water for me, adults, puppy pad. Nice. All right. Um, For now. Yay sports or boo sports? I guess I'll say boo. All right. Cool. Why? I'm just kidding. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I don't care. I used to be be really into sports until the whole knee thing started happening. I saw kids doing it because if I was a kid and I took a knee during the national anthem, I would get my ass whooped. And I just don't don't understand that. That That hurt my feelings seeing that. I don't like it. So I'm done. Uh, okay, anyway, so, all right. Steak or fish? I guess I'll go steak. Favorite cut of steak? I don't eat it often enough to know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat either of them that often, really. Favorite, I, I... okay. Favorite <laughs> side with steak? Probably simple, just really badass baked potato. Nice. Okay. Real, real American, huh? <laughs> steak and potato, motherfucker. Uh, big flexor, no flexor? I guess no flex, but maybe I do flex and I don't realize it with it by showing some of the stuff. Respectable flex. I mean no flex. Respectable flex. Respectable uh, flex. Van Halen or Sammy Hagar? That's not even a question. That's Diamond Dave all day, man. Oh, my God. That's, that's, not, even, that's not a real question. It's Van Halen. <laughs> da- okay, <laughs> perfect. Uh, Nirvana or Sublime? For me, Nirvana all, all day. Wow, I'm glad. Listen, I love Sublime, but Nirvana was my alternative introduction into. Well, Green Day was, but Nirvana was like was my first aggression music. Like I really like it. Really helped me when I was like ten. Or, yeah, I, I loved it. Was a big influence for me. I actually lucked out and heard Nirvana just before they before Nevermind came out through the Thrasher magazine stuff. You want to know? Magazines. You want to know one album I could just hear on fucking repeat, like no matter what mood I'm in, and it's it it, it hits me the same. The Unplugged, MTV Unplugged album. I need to listen to that again. It's been a minute. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm glad you said Nirvana. I mean, I love Sublime, and most people say Sublime, but Nirvana 
is like you know we gotta understand my uncles are metalheads they used to call me gay and fag and shit for liking nirvana but i oh, fucking right. yeah because it's alternative you know it was the alternative yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. the, some metalheads could be like that yeah. yeah that was my uncles for sure like the patrick's and shit all right uh let's see um west coast rap or east coast rap i guess probably west coast right now mexican food or italian food italian nice favorite italian dish grandma's spaghetti pie Ooh, spaghetti pie what that sounds delicious crazy um, good. crazy little, uh, yeah no 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 we're no, no. gonna say I'm, i love it I, gonna say? Say, I don't see it, it made very often anymore but um it's yeah it's incredible it's one of those og dishes like the reason why your grandma's so. yeah, yeah. why it's your grandma's so. grandma right yeah, yeah she's yeah great cook shouts out <laughs> shouts all the grandmas out there yeah. um Little word association. First thing to come to mind: milk, tea, cocoa. Also, milk tea. <laughs> New chondro keeper. Uh, oh God, I'm I'm blanking because I don't want to say anything bad. Pass. <laughs> oh my damn, that's a tough one. You said pass. Okay, uh, stuck shed. I, I don't mean to be a jerk on that, but yeah. Stuck shed. Do your humidity right. Mites. They suck. Ovulation. Fantastic. Day 60. Chondro eggs are dead, I guess. (laughs) Egg box substrate. Um, Perlite. If you had to get if you had to breed one species for the rest of your life and just one, is it going to be the emeralds or chondros? Which one? Damn, that's tough. I know. I'm on an emerald high right now, so I'm going to go emerald. <sighs> you know what's crazy, as much bro? As I love the chondros. As much as I love the chondros. There's a reason why. Shout out to my boy Andrew Acevedo. But years back, when he was kind of schooling me on species and getting me into uh, into things, he said from the fucking beginning, emeralds slash basins, whatever. But more importantly, basins, that the fucking Ferrari of snakes, bro. It, it's yeah. it's really hard. Other than a Bolins, obviously. I feel like Bolins would be like a Bentley or something. Oh, yeah. But those are incredible. But still, bro, emeralds, basins. And I feel like once you start breeding them and you and you get to experience that, which I have, I'm not even close to that. But still, I understand where you're coming from and I get where you're at because. After seeing these neonates, like it's I'm definitely just, I mean. May change in the future, but I doubt it. Emeralds at the moment. Dude. <laughs> Listen, hey, Chris, we had at least over 70 people here at one point for a good consistent amount of time. We have about 70 likes. You had mad people here to support you, showing That's you awesome. love. So what do you have to say to all your supporters out there, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, man? What do you have to say to everyone who's rooting for you, all your potential future customers, everyone who's out there looking to, uh, you know, wa- wanting you to succeed? A uh, huge thank you for, for supporting everything I'm doing. Um and uh, I'm going to try to just continue to put out good stuff in the future and um, try to hopefully contribute some, some, something long lasting to the, to the hobby. You know, it's done so much good for me in the, and since I was young that I would love to, to at least be some small part of the uh, uh, positive aspect of, of its legacy. So I want to keep doing that and just, I guess, keep, Keep following the uh, the shit I'm posting. Keep doing what you're doing, man, because literally it's what a lot of others aren't doing. I mean, you are in a uh, you're a niche, bro. Like you're working for something that a lot of people 
even tried or want to work with, but it's not cut for everybody, man. And and obviously it's cut out for you. I'm rooting for you. You got mad support Thanks, on my end, bro. And uh, uh, I didn't get enough. Obviously, I'm gonna need a round two for sure. So we'll be doing this again in the in the future for sure, Chris. So I awesome. appreciate it, man. Thank you yeah, so much. Too, man. All right, That's man. Christopher Rice, ladies and gentlemen, Snake Spirit. Thanks, thank, hey, thank you so much, man. I'll talk to you yeah. soon. Have a good oh, night, and I appreciate you. you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Later. Fucking what a guy. Gotta love the OGs and the respected keepers and breeders in the Emerald and Condor community because, yeah, not everyone's perfect, but the ones who are respected, the high ones, very player that's christopher rice man what an amazing episode i appreciate everyone who tapped in three hours i haven't done a three-hour episode in a long time well guess what this was well deserved because guys a fucking wealth of knowledge follow this guy i'm telling you right now okay tune in watch what he's gonna uh be producing because i have a good feeling about christopher rice man he's been around for a while and he's not obviously going anywhere you know he's fucking he's here to put knowledge into all of us and uh make sure that we learn so here we go, man. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much. If the, uh, you happen to tap in later on in the episode, hit the like before you exit if you really enjoyed this episode. It really means a lot, man. And uh, if you need anything from me, hit me up on Instagram. Best way to do that and all that other good stuff. But shout out to all my Patreon members. Shout out to all my trappers. Thank you so much for tapping in. Enjoy the rest of your night. I think I have in and out calling my name. And I'm out. Cheers.